Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. Hope you're doing well. Uh, warning adult content ahead. So this is a bit of a departure from the regular show content, although I am curious. <laughs> so we're talking here with Scott and Lorena, and I guess I'll leave it to you guys to introduce the topic that you contacted me about. Uh, yes, uh, you want to go first, baby? Uh, no, you can go real quick. <laughs> Well, you're the star of the show. I am, yes. Uh, so, um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Lorena, and I go by... And we are both into the adult industry. As and husband and wife. As husband and wife. And we just pretty much want to share our experience to the world and just share some... Uh, show that it's not all bad. Yeah, show that it's not all bad, and there's some good times into it as well. <laughs> right, so... You know me, I like to rewind the tape, so to speak, and, and start at the beginning. So, <laughs> do you, either of you want to go through the Socratic questions about childhood first, or, or do you, is, it, is it a ladies first scenario, or how should we take this? We can do ladies first. We can do ladies first, yes. <laughs> let's, let's, however you want to start. All right. So, Lorena, where did you, no, don't give me geographical details, of course, but, you know, where roughly in the world did you grow up? What was your childhood like and all that kind of fun stuff? I grew up in Florida, born and raised, and my childhood was kind of blurry in a sense, and it was it was kind of a rough upbringing, if I'm being honest, of course, and yeah, <laughs> it was definitely interesting, and let's just say I didn't have much of a childhood. What happened? Um, well... Uh, let's see. So I am the oldest out of five kids and my mother had me when she was probably in her early twenties and I was about five or six years old and she had my other brother. And from there, I just felt like a parent to not just her, but also to him. So I felt like I was put on this responsibility where, you know, I was taking care of everyone but myself type of thing. And yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's, that's a hell of a burden to put on a kid. Not, not just the sibling stuff. Now, that's going to happen in families anyway. I mean, there is just going to be a little bit of conscription for elder siblings to deal with younger siblings because, you know, parents are busy. There's lots of kids. But it's the parenting of the mom that really struck me in, in what you were saying. But before we get into that, uh, I guess the inevitable question for me Daddy? <laughs> okay, so on and off until I was 24 years old. And let's just say they, they were married and got divorced when I was about three or four years old. And he was in and out of my life up until I was 24. So they were, did they have one of these, I guess, on again, off again relationships? Not really. Um, it was more like, it's, this memory is kind of a blur to be honest. Uh, it was more like she told me one thing and then when he was in my life, he would say another and I was always in the middle of their mm. unfinished relationship. They complain about each other kind of thing? All the time. Mm-hmm. What would their, so what would your mom complain about regarding your dad? From what I remember, he would never tip, he wouldn't, he would never pay child support according to her. <laughs> and she would always say, listen, 
you're at a certain age right now, so you can figure out what you think of him. And with the divorce, do you, do you know why they, they split up? Mm. Things didn't really work out. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and again, like she would tell me one thing, he would tell me another. Uh, sh from what from what my dad would tell me is he just felt used from my mom and he was basically someone that she can just marry to get like a citizenship type of thing oh so she married him to get citizenship that was his sort of thought yes that's and where what... was she from uh nicaragua and was he um a white american dude He's Hispanic. Uh, he was, I believe he was raised in New York, I believe. Yeah. All right. So he's Hispanic, but from, I mean, Hispanic's a pretty broad category. Do you know what his uh, heritage was? Yes, Cuban. Cuban. So he's Cuban. Do you know how long he or his family had been in America? From what he would tell me, he was about six or seven when he came to the States and he was living up in New York. Oh, so he, he, his family moved to America when he was six or seven. And then your mother from Nicaragua married him and got citizenship that way. Yes, from right. my understanding. Do you know how they met? It's a, kind of a <laughs> uh, far stretch there pre-internet. Um, according to what they told me, uh, they met with casual friends at a party. And I believe it was in, in Florida at the time. Right. And do you know what your mother was doing in the States? I don't know. <laughs> was, she, was she looking for somebody to attach for a green card? Or do you have any idea Probably. what she was doing there? Probably. <laughs> Probably, right? So she was coming trawling for citizenship, perhaps, by marriage, right? Correct. And do you know how long they went out before they got married? I don't know. I mean, according to them, they they were they were together in total eight years, and then I was like about three or four when they divorced. So eight years, and they had did I get this right? Five kids. So no, <laughs> they only had me. I'm I'm the only child from them. And then when they divorced, my father remarried a few years later, and he had two of his own kids with his wife. Your stepmom. And then my stepmom, correct. Okay. And, and then, then my, <laughs> and then my mom had my brother from one guy, and then <laughs> ten years later had another kid from another guy. So wow, that's <laughs> quite quite a blended family situation you got going on there, right? So you've got. I'm just trying to figure this out. You've got three fathers. Among your siblings, you've got three fathers. Is it three moms? Two moms. Two moms, yes. Two moms, three fathers, right? Right. Are they Catholics? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... Empirically, that would seem to be a negatory, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you get along with your stepmom? Hmm. So, um... Growing up, I just wanted her to kind of like me because I just wanted to get along with her and I just wanted to kind of feel accepted 
from her because I, I just felt like I was always the outsider when I would go visit my father growing up. Because separate mom and difficult circumstances of divorce and so on? Correct, yeah. And of course, when she already had her, her kids and uh, my uh, half-siblings, I just felt like, okay, well, I kind of want to be in this little circle if you allow me <laughs> type of thing. Did you, was your stepmom also from the Hispanic culture? She's she's also, she's Cuban as well. She's Cuban, okay. And yeah. was she long term American or more recent? She was long. I believe she was born and raised in the states. Okay, got it. Now, how did your half siblings treat you? Um. I felt like they they had their moments where they really wanted to get to know me. And other moments I felt like I had to try to have them like me and get their attention and always reach out to them. Right, right. And with regards to discipline when you were growing up, how were you parented when your parents perceived that you had done something wrong or bad? Or your caregivers or, you know, this mix that's around it's a combination of no discipline and when I were to get in trouble per se, I had like an uncle in there and he would, his way of discipline would be yelling at me and saying that I, you did this wrong and you shouldn't do it. And here and there I will get a spanking because in this wanted culture, you know, that's how they did things back then. <laughs> and sometimes it would be like on the butt or on the arm and the worst part was on the mouth. So you would be hit on the mouth. Was that open hand or closed hand? Open hand. And how often would you get hit on the mouth? Often. <laughs> how often? Um, uh, I would say a few times in a year. Okay. And hit uh, uh, on other parts of your body? How often would that happen? Mm. Often. <laughs> and not just from my mother, but sometimes from my grandma or an, an aunt or I don't remember an uncle. He was more of the yeller in the family. But everyone else, the, the women in the family will would take their part in, in spanking. And how often <laughs> would you get hit not on the mouth? Not in the mouth. It's Pretty much when I ever felt like I wanted to express myself, I would always be hit in the mouth. So for the most part, I was always quiet. And I felt like, you know what, let me just stay quiet and maybe I won't get as much in trouble as much. I just keep things to myself. Boy, I tell you, Lorena, you're really working hard to not answer my question. Do you want me to ask it again? You can tell me you don't want to answer the question. That's fine. I mean, I'm just asking questions. But I am aware that you've now twice avoided the answer. Well, I'm trying to answer as much, as much as I can. No, no. I asked you twice, how many times did you get hit not in the mouth? Oh, not in the mouth. Um, I, I, I don't remember, to be honest. Daily, weekly, monthly? Uh, I, I would say monthly. <laughs> monthly, all right. When you were yelled at, what was the kind of language that was used against you or about you? Mm. 
it was more of a just putting me down in so many ways like you know you're you shouldn't be doing this and you should do better you know you it's it's all a blur to be honest once so because there's always a question you know but the parents have when children go astray or or do something against parental values there's always a question i suppose which is are the children going astray because the parents have been bad teachers or are the children going astray because the children are bad right i'm gonna guess the second one but you know of course tell me if i'm wrong it's definitely the parents (laughs) because all I try to do is show them that you know I can I'm a a good daughter and I can be the best I can but I I need your guidance I I need you to to tell me how to get there and I crave for that attention my whole life to the point that it wasn't even worth it because I just realized my family are just very toxic people and I don't need that in my life. And what, because um, it's interesting, you said, uh, everything you say is interesting to me, but you were saying about the lack of guidance followed by the random punishments. So you said that, that they, you basically got no discipline and then you got yelled at or, or hit. And <clears throat> what do you mean no discipline? Did they, was there any moral instruction? Was there any church going? Was there anything that would fall into the category of giving you some reasonable rules on how to live? Not necessarily, no. I mean, there were some search in, sorry, there were some church involved, uh, but it wasn't consistent. And there would just be things like if I did something wrong, they would hit me and they wouldn't even tell me how to correct it next time. So of course I would always keep on repeating the same mistake over and over. So it's like, okay, I'm obviously doing something wrong, so tell me what to do to not do it again. Do you remember any specific examples of what they would call wrong behavior? Mm. Like a lot of it in Latina culture has to do with don't shame or embarrass the parents or the family, but not necessarily objective moral rules, just like I feel shamed or embarrassed. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> it's just so much. Um... I mean, your uncle was pretty hard on you. He'd always, like, you know, call you fat and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> kind of teach you, like, like you know, treat you like a boy, make you do things, compete. Yeah, that's very true, actually, yeah. I'm just thinking about the woman in the culture, but, yeah, my uncle, he was practically the only male figure in the family that I know of, and he, he would kind of... I want to say pressure, but he would just be like, "Oh, come on, let's uh, let's watch a game, let's let's play a sport, let's do this, let's do that." That was just probably his way of trying to show his interest of things on me but that you, I never. I think Scott was saying that it was more boy oriented. Yes. Yeah, so the reason why is because I, I was kind of the only girl from my mom's side of the family, and I grew up with all boy cousins. Right. This, of course, is going to lead me to my next question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did you uh, experience any sexually inappropriate behavior before you became an adult? I did. And what was that? 
First of all, I'm really, really sorry, of course, but what was that? So, I'm not sure how old I was exactly, roughly. but I would say roughly between six and eight. There was not this uncle, but there was a uncle of my mother's that I, I guess is one day he was just babysitting me or something. I'm not sure where my mom was at the time, but he he tried to do some sexual things with me, but he didn't because I knew better to like tell him, no, no, st uh, please stop, don't do this. And thank God nothing ever happened after that. And I, obviously, I guess he was uh, uh, alone with you. And mm -hmm. what was the sexual activity that he, well, the molestation, I suppose, that, that he initiated? He just, he just tried to, he put his hands on me or, or on my arms a little bit. And then he, he tried to lift up my dress and try to remove my panties in the process. But then I, I, I stopped it as soon as possible because obviously I knew it felt wrong. Right. And did you tell uh, anyone about this? I did a few years later. <laughs> I'm not sure how old I was exactly, but I did tell my mom. I confronted her about it. And she immediately said, really? He did that? No, he wouldn't do that. He, he should know. And then she turned it around and made it about her and said that, oh, you know that experience happened to me back in Nicaragua. And I had no words to say after that. <laughs> Did she give you any more details about what happened to her in Nicaragua? No, she didn't. She just left it like that. Wasn't her thing with her cousin? Sorry, go ahead, Scott. Um, there wasn't nothing with her cousin, though? Um, well, that's a few years later. <laughs> Um, so after that, there, there was something with a cousin there and it, it was something similar, but obviously I was a little, I was a lot older. So I knew, yeah, no, this, this is not going to happen. Like he, he was just one of them people that he doesn't care if you're blood or not, that he would try anything to, to pursue you. And was it similar? Like he would just sort of grab at you and you pushed him away? Yes. And as far as telling people about that? I haven't actually <laughs> told anyone about that. <laughs> Just my husband. And, and Naomi. And, and how old were you when that was that post puberty? Yes, that was that was closer to that time. Right. And was that it as far as sexual activity went till you became an adult? Um I'm sorry, repeat that question. <laughs> was that it as far as sexual activity for you until you became an adult? Yes. And when you became, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me sort of change, change direction here uh, a second, just because I wanted to pursue uh, something else for a sec. Yeah. So your dating history as a teenager, what happened? Um, I started dating about 16 years old. And whenever I would go out on a date, uh, my mother would make sure she would meet the person beforehand. That was nice of her. And she would have my 
younger brother at the time to go on dates with me. <laughs> oh, you get chaperone, they would say, right? <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much. <laughs> and I didn't have too it would I didn't have too much of a dating life because it was I started working since I was sixteen, and it was just more like it was just more about work working and and just 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 trying to make my own life, I guess. And what did your mom do for a living? Mm. At the time, she she uh she was unstable when it came to jobs. Like uh, she she, uh, she worked in the retail department and then the fast food industry and then that's, and then a maid last last time I heard. And did she spend? I mean, if she was unstable, did she spend some time uh, unemployed? Yes, she did actually. Uh, she, from what I remember, she when she had my last brother, she was unemployed for quite some time. And what did she? If your father wasn't paying child support, I mean, I, family finances are always a big mystery to me sometimes. Like, if your father wasn't paying child support and she wasn't working, what was she living on? I'm pretty sure. The ta the taxes <laughs> towards the end. Oh, she was on I, welfare. I I I believe so. I, I just mean, I remember I just, you telling me stories that yeah. when she you know like then year when she got like taxes and all that kind of stuff and she would make a lot of you know, a lot of money because when you have mm -hmm. kids, uh you know you get quite a lot of money back mm -hmm. and she would just go and spend it like crazy and get into debt and every time she got a credit card she just get deeper and deeper into debt. I just remember hearing stories about that. And I also remember you telling me that she tried to, like, get you to marry someone from Nicaragua when you were young. She did, actually, but it was, it was a right. joke. <laughs> Do you think that might have been worth mentioning at some point over your mother being very protective about your dating life, that she also <laughs> tried to marry you off like some Iranian bride? That, and I think she tried to give you away at one point, too. Okay, I will get into that. As far yes, as please, her please feel free to. Yes, 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 um, yes. As, as far as her trying to marry me off, it, it wasn't serious, serious. It was just more of a bypass, meaning... What? Okay, okay let me explain. So, she told me that uh, my, my aunt's husband, uh, nephew, something like that, he, he obviously needed a green card to get into the States and that she mentioned, yeah, you, you should marry him. You should help him out. And I just looked at her like, no, like what's wrong with you? <laughs> and that's it. That That's all. That's all happened. She didn't so push your, it. Or, your mother, it. your mother <laughs> comes to America by marrying a guy from a green, for a green card. She divorces him. She ends up on welfare and she tries to marry her teenage daughter off to another man so that he can get a green card, so he can come to America. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why anyone's interested in a wall or, say, voted for Donald Trump, because that <laughs> yeah. is a disaster. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Completely unsustainable for a country. Just wanted to point that out for those who are confused <laughs> about these mysteries of American politics. Wow. I agree, yes. Wow. wow. Okay. And... So that was the one thing, Scott, you mentioned. Oh, you tried to give you away? She tried to give you away? Yes, I, I actually remember this. So I was, what? It, it just, it's a blur, and I did say from the beginning, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I sure. appreciate that, that Scott is there for the subtitles. Uh, yeah. it, certainly, it certainly helps. Um, I would say I was about 10 or 10 or 12, something like that. And I was visiting my dad at the time. And I, I found out that I was here longer than usual because I'm only there for like a week or two, maybe. Are they and being I'll... in America but visiting your dad? Yes, okay. in the States, yes. And then I, I, I felt sad one time, like, why, why, why am I not back home? Like, what, what's going on? And uh, eventually I, I went home. But then I found out a few years later that my dad told me at the time that, listen, your mom tried to give you away to me. To, to the who? point, she, my dad. Oh, she tried to give you away to your dad? To my dad, yes. And to the point that she sent over your birth certificate and everything. And then all he said to me was, are you sure you want to do this? And then she's like, yes. And then obviously that didn't work because I was homesick. I, I missed her, my mother so much at the point that I guess he couldn't handle it. So he sent me back home. Okay, so when give, give you, it's not on eBay or anything, right? Okay, I just wanted to double check when to give you away. It's like, hey, guy on the bus, feel like a kid? Anyway, all right, just wanted to. Personally, yeah, I would actually imagine her mother going for a drive through not having the money to pay for the food and trying to give her daughter, you know, like, you know, just take my daughter and she'll work, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> We're laughing about it now. <laughs> but it's not really funny. No, it's not. No. And. Did she stay I... married to, did she got, she got remarried? Is that right? She never got remarried, no. But I will say that she actually ended up giving away one of my brothers. To who? Yeah. <laughs> to, to his father. <laughs> oh, so she gave up custody is probably a better way to put Pretty, it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. But at the time, that's how I saw it, really. You just gave up your son. So not, not, not a super strong bond. No. In any way, shape, or form. And is she single or did she stay single? Did she, did she have boyfriends or how did that work? So growing up, she dated a lot and to the point that it was countless times. And, um, oh, what you she, were in the house, is that right? When you were a kid? Yes. To the point that, you know, she'd be having sex in the same room. Hmm. That I was in. Yes. Yes. Okay, you heard? Uh, Sex, sex in the same room as the, uh, as you, Lorraine? Yes. Yes. I would hear them. I wouldn't is it, see. Is it. it quiet sex or? It was quiet sex. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's classy. Okay. <laughs> uh, was it because there was only one room that you were living in? I mean, how how did that? Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, um, okay. Growing up, uh, we lived in a lot of just just one one room, one bedroom apartments. Um, so we, we shared, we shared space a lot. Right. I'm going to imagine these were pretty trashy guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do remember the, the last guy that I actually met. He was a nice guy. He was just really quiet and he was one of these people that he was so nice that, you know, she just walked all over him and just used them. So I can imagine when your dad said that, you know, she just used him and tried to milk him for everything. Um, I do see that. Yeah, I, I really... Aggressive, exploitive Latina woman? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I refuse to believe it. 
Wow. <laughs> and what's her story now? I guess if you're not in contact with her, what was what was her sort of life arc the last time that you had contact with her? She was still with him. Oh, and, the quiet guy? Yeah, she was still with uh, the quiet boyfriend. And she, uh, I guess she was still a maid. <laughs> well, um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll break in with this one because uh, <laughs> yeah. this is actually when we, we first started uh, dating at the time. And uh, she was still talking to her mom. And uh, I actually got a chance to meet her mom and uh, some of the family. It was kind of awkward because she didn't really speak any English. And Wait, I don't. Her mom doesn't sense. speak any English. She no. she does, but some. she she is very broken. So she understands English. She just doesn't speak it as well. She's been in America for how long? <laughs> like close to thirty years. So you think she will learn the language by now? Yeah, and because uh, I'm from a different country, so I have an accent. It was kind of harder for her to understand me as well. So it was uh, a little bit tough, but I could see how she would act, uh, push around the, the the guy that she was dating, and you know he was just quiet, did everything, and I kind of you know saw how she was with Lorena, and I just uh, I just I didn't like it. Um, I had a feeling right off the bat that I'm like I do not like this woman. You know, and this is before she told me anything about her. I just knew. I'm like, this person is, she's a problem. You know, like, she's like a very infectious person. And I, she's wearing a mask. I, I can't, I can't really get close to her. I don't really know her. I'm just going to keep my distance and watch. And I did see that every time, uh, you know, her mom would come to visit or she got off the phone with her mom. Wait, let, let me back up. She only visited me here twice. Twice, and then it would yes. all, we would always talk on the phone. But sure. a after you got off the phone, you just looked drained. You looked, you know, just sad. And it was really like that like with the, any member of your family. The life was sucked out of me. Yeah, yeah. it just yeah. It didn't, it wasn't right, you know. And then you were carrying around all these problems because of your mom. And um, that's when I knew there was an issue there. Right. So then when you became an adult, I guess, 18 or so, Lorena, what, what happened in your life uh, since then? I remember I moved, I moved out from my house when I was, I just turned 19. And at the time, I was dating someone much older than I. When I say much older, I would say about, he was like in his late 20s, early 30s. So 10, 10 and a bit years, right? Correct. Okay. And not the first time either. <laughs> and I figured. Wait, hang okay. on. What? What? Go, go back. When was the first time you dated a much older guy? Yes, you might want to tell him this. That yeah. was the guy. No. This... What about the uh, time you lost your virginity? Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't that. Okay, so <laughs> I, I was sixteen at the time when I lost my virginity, and. He was 24 at the time. 24? Yes. That's a bit of a spread. Mm-hmm. Yes. And did you date that man for a while? We, we dated a few months afterwards, yes. And why did you end up not staying together? At the time, he was, he was going to school to become a chef, and it was a distance thing. As well, we hardly saw each other. But your mom had no problem with it. 
because she would say that in Nicaragua, you know, guys would date like 11 year olds. Well, apparently it's very common in foreign countries like that, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's a wonderful addition to the American tapestry. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So you were dating an older guy when you were 19, you moved out and what happened then? Uh, well, things didn't really work out because I knew that, okay, I just needed a way out of my He of already, my he had a, another girlfriend. I will get into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might want to get into it right now. She was dating a guy who had another girlfriend and he knew. So they all lived in the same house together. Really? Yeah. <laughs> why? So it was... why, why, why would you want that relationship? Well, at the time I thought I did want it. No, but why? No, no, I knew you wanted it because you did it. But why would you want to move in and share a guy that you love or care about with another woman? Because I wanted to leave my parents so fast that I just, I just needed a way oh, out. Oh, so the habit of trading sex for resources was continuing from your mom down to you, right? Oh, unfortunately. Am I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong or, you know, I mean, I try to be pretty blunt about these things because, you know, we're all adults here, right? But your right. mom traded sex for a green card, and you wanted to move out, and so I guess you were willing to trade sexual access to move into the house with the guy who was in his late 20s or early 30s who had another girlfriend who was living in the house. But as long as he'll put you up, then you'll have sex with him, right? Correct. You're okay. not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, tell, again, tell me, obviously, I'm just trying to put the threads together here, uh, but that's sort of, I mean, did you, did you love him? No. <laughs> no, boy, that sounded pretty emphatic. So what was it about him that you found off-putting? Well, he was older and he he was uh he was more responsible. He had a job and he he obviously he ha he had his own place. So that I just saw that as a way out at the meantime. Yeah, and you didn't answer. So I asked what you found off-putting about him because when I said, do you love him? You were like, no, right? Like it's, <laughs> so what was it that was well, negative about him? Well, the number one thing was that he had a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, and he was pretty upfront about that. Or did, you, did he get you hooked into a relationship and then tell you about the girlfriend or what? No, he was, he was pretty honest about it from the beginning. And I think at the time I, I really didn't care because I'm like, I, I, just, I just need a way out. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, it, it just by the by, I mean, you guys are aware of this, but I just wanted to share it. It's funny how, you know, I wanted to not have my mom around. So I ended up, when I was 15, basically putting on her, she always wanted to go to Vancouver, so I just put her on the bus to Vancouver. And, you know, but I never had the option of like, and, you know, I mean, 15 would be too early and all that, but I never had the option of, people saying, oh yeah, you can move in with me, just have sex with me. You know, like for, for women, maybe maybe for some like, really hot guys, or whatever, but for women, that's like the thing, like you can do that. That's why there aren't that many homeless women because they can always trade sex for, for, for a roof over their head. But it's interesting how that kind of temptation of like, oh, okay, so I, I just have to have sex with this guy and I get to move out from crazy mom's place. That's a uniquely, almost uniquely female option that it's hard for men to sort of process if that makes sense and what's funny is i from what i remember we hardly had sex <laughs> i made sure to keep myself busy work long oh, hours like you don't bathe um 
<laughs> you know, you you like put that. you put uh, like anacondas and and uh, <laughs> scorpions and so on in your pockets, and you're like, yeah, if you're feeling brave, have at it, <laughs> right? Plus, he had his other girlfriend, of course. So I figure, you know what, let <laughs> let 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 her take care of him for a little bit. And then there were times where, when we were all in a good place, good mood, we would encounter threesomes. Right. Just, now, mm-hmm. menage à trois, uh, sorry, menage à trois is the French phrase. Is there a phrase in Spanish for that as well? <laughs> I'm sure there is. I can't, right. can't remember right now. <laughs> right. So you would have uh, threesomes with your boyfriend, and that's how much you wanted to get away with, from your mom. Correct. And how often would these threesomes happen? Honestly, not often, because I, I remember just living there for about six months. And throughout those six months, I would say it only happened maybe three to four times. So not as often. Because, you know, for a lot of guys, the threesome switch in the house might be flicked a few more times than that. But anyway, (laughs) I know it's complicated and all that. So what happened then? Were you working then or or how did that work? Yes, I was working at an an insurance company at the time. And I, I made some pretty decent money off that to the point that I, I practically moved out after six months and found a, a little studio on my own. I lived I lived out on my own. Right. And did you end the relationship with the creepy I did. couple? Yes. We did not kept in touch after that. The last thing I found out, uh, she actually ended up getting pregnant from him. Well, maybe from him, but yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I would think so. Right. And so then you moved out, and then what happened? So you were like twenty or so at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was we're... about I was about twenty. I was living on my own, and I I did meet a, a nice guy um, through work, and we did it for about a year, and I broke things off because I just did not see myself with him at the time. Or <laughs> oh no, oh don't <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> oh no you know what you've just done Lorena you've just blown up the comment section now do you know why why <laughs> I will tell you why because all the guys take your virginity who are creeps menage a trois creepy porn guys end up with threesomes with you the nice guy you dump <laughs> right true why did uh... you dump the nice guy so I broke off. I broke it off with him because I, I just, I did not see myself with him. That and... is not an answer. <laughs> Wait, Come let on. me explain it. Let me explain the answer. I, okay. I just, okay. I felt like what we had at the time, I, I wasn't ready for it because it was, it was a little bit too much. Like he, he came from a good family and he, he wanted a family one day and I was just not ready for that responsibility. And on top of that, he was extremely close with his mom to the point that when we would get into arguments here and there, she would get involved. Would he run, yeah. run to mommy with problems with his girlfriend? Correct. Ooh. And we had, mm-hmm. and we was had many he, Was conversations. he also from the Latino culture? Yeah. He That's was, oddly enough. Uh, Next thing you know, my- there's an Italian guy who's overbonded with his mom and all hell will break loose in the world. All right. <laughs> yes. So was it like he was too close, like 
Too close they that were, he still lived They were like home. good friends or too close like paging Dr. Freud? Well, too close to the point that he still lived at home and he was 24 years old at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's not as uncommon as it used to be, but it really does depend on the circumstances. But, but okay, so he was, but he was a nice guy, right? He didn't, didn't hit you, didn't, didn't, didn't yell at you, didn't, like, he was a nice guy, right? He was, yes, really nice guy. Right. Yeah. And so the issue was that he wanted children at some point, and mm-hmm. you dumped him because, why? Because, I, I mean, did you, did you, do you not want to have kids ever? And that was the... Oh, at the time, I wasn't ready for kids. No, no, or... but he was, you said he wanted kids at some point, not... At some, at some point, yeah. And so, well, so the, think... it, like, the fact that you didn't want kids at the same time was not a big issue because he didn't want kids with you in the moment. He just, at some point, right? Correct. Uh, but what really scared me off, to be honest, is he would say something like, oh, if we ever win the lotto, for example, you know, we're going to buy a big home and our parents are going to live with us. You know that, right? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know that, that the odds of, you mean you worked in insurance, you're good with numbers, you know that the odds of winning the lottery is like, if we get struck twice by lightning today, mom's moving in. It's like, yeah, I think I'll take those odds. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> what you're saying is, if we don't get struck by lightning twice today, she's not moving in and I'll take those <laughs> odds too. Yeah. <laughs> so I still don't know why you dumped him. Mama's boy. Too much of a mama's and boy. that's... How did that manifest? That was, I mean, okay, so he went to his mom when you had conflicts and all that, but what else? Because um, there are a lot of nice guys out there who get dumped who don't know why, and maybe you can explain it. Honestly, yeah. Uh, that's one of the main reasons. Yeah, he was, he was just a mama's boy, and I just... Yeah, but that... that was, no, it was the, the not... Reason, sorry to interrupt. The reason that I'm asking is because you dumped a nice guy to be with a guy who's happy with you doing porn on the internet. So if you've got standards, I want to know where they lie, right? Because, you know, mama's boy, I don't really know what that means. Like, how did that manifest itself to the point where it's like, well, I can't be with you because I'm waiting for the guy who's comfy with me doing porn on the internet. <laughs> um, I, I just... I think you have mommy issues. Yeah, I mean, there That's was... just another way of saying mama's boy. I still don't know what that, <laughs> what that means. I mean, people say that about me all the time. I still don't know what it means. I mean, at the, at the time, I, I was just, just very young. I just wasn't ready for a big commitment relationship, I guess. And then I felt, I, I saw myself, I tried to see myself with him at the time. And it was just a, a lot to take in on top of what I was going to do with my family. Just and none, I had no, just got... No, none, none of this. None of this is... I couldn't see myself with him. It was a lot to take in. You know, I mean, you were ready for some kind of relationship because you were with the guy for a year. True. So, again, I'm just trying to figure it out. And, and if you don't know, you know, we can maybe circle back if more clues come up later. But I just know that there's this see there's this belief out there you probably have never heard it before but there's this belief out there lorena that um nice guys don't get the girl because the girls like the bad boys i don't know if you've seen there's a it's a pretty funny picture there's a picture it's a four sequence picture right right and it's a woman smiling faintly and underneath it says nice guy Right. And then there's a woman, she's looking more sexy, her lips are parted, they're redder, and she's starting to look like, and it's like, guy with no job. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, there's like, she's half naked and she's like in a semi-sexual position and it's like, 
guy with no job, no car, no money, no future, right? And then she's having a full on orgasm face and it's like, guy with tattoos, no job, prison record, no pants, you know, this kind of thing, right? Right, yeah. And so there's this idea that, you know, women complain, oh, there aren't any nice guys around and they meet a nice guy, they'll date a nice guy, they get bored or they don't consider him masculine enough because he's nice and then they dump him for the bad boy. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I still don't know why you dumped him. We can get back to that. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that. Unless, unless Scott has, he's had some useful feedback, unless Scott has any thoughts on it. I just know that she has, you know, she has issues with my mom. So, you know, I don't think she likes any kind of parental guidance coming and getting involved in relationships. And it does freak her out when, uh, when she said that the guy, he wanted his mother to move in with them if they won the lottery, but it was kind of like, you know, if they got married, that kind of thing, he'd probably at least want his mother to live close or be over all the time. And then one day definitely live with them. And that's just something like I know, like she just would just never stand for. She does not want to do that. She doesn't want to share her man with a mother. She'll share her man with another woman. <laughs> well, I didn't really consider him my man, man at that time. He was just... He was your meal ticket man. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, and because, you know, for me, like you're so desperate to get, get away with your mom that you'll put up with creepy threesome guy. Mm -hmm. But then you say, well, see, this guy had mommy issues. It's like, well, don't, don't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like me saying, well, you know, he's just too bald for me. Just wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you dump Mr. Nice Guy for reasons that we don't know, but may have something to do with a predilection for bad boys. We'll get to you, Scott, in a sec. But uh, um, then what? Um, so I was still living on my own in a little studio. And then I believe a, a year after we broke up, I... I, I met another male, another boy, of course. And you and, didn't date for that year, is that right? Um, here, here and there. I mean, not nothing, nothing too crazy. Right. I mean, I, I just, I was just more focused on working at the time and just, just trying to do me. Um, but I just remember trying meeting. Trying to do me? Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> is is that an incomplete sentence or something that's an overshare? No, no. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> You find another guy. All right. Right. So um, I and I met him on Halloween day when I went out trick or treating with my mother and my younger brother at the time. And Wait, you're how old? Early twenties, mid twenties. I was like just like twenty one. Why? Why are you going trick or treating at twenty one? Sorry, I'm just. No, I, I was just joining my, my mom and my little brother. Oh, so he was... Okay, sorry. I'm, I forget the family span. Okay, so you meet this guy on Halloween. Right, What's he dressed as? A mechanic. All right. <laughs> Oddly enough, I, he actually was a mechanic. <laughs> well, actually, if, if you've ever had car trouble, a mechanic can be pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah, well, he was pretty resourceful for a few years, that's for sure. All right, so you meet the mechanic, you start dating, and how does that go? So we, we dated for about four and a half years and 
it was um, quite interesting because he was a little bit older too. He was about like five years older than me. Yeah. And I, I, we, we got along right off the bat. We, we, uh, we, we communicated well and we liked each other. And, and where was he, he from? Nicaragua, actually. All right. And he, uh, he, sh- he, he, sh- he, he definitely showed me what I really wanted out of life. And at the time I thought he wanted the same thing as far as like getting married one day and having kids. And of course that, that never happened. Um, you mean and, he talked about it, but it just never, he, he never won. He never did it. Right. Like he, I would ask him like, okay, so what do you want out of life? Like, do you want to get married, have kids one day? And he's like, yeah, one day. Oh yeah. The one day is always <laughs> the, yeah. As long as that day is never actually today. Sure. One day. It's a, Right, one I day. I plan like, to be a parent was, posthumously. Yeah. He was pretty skeptical about that, and he also had a pretty rough childhood, too, as well. Um, he... <laughs> he... He actually was born and raised in Nicaragua and came here at a young age as well. And the only reason why he came back to the States is because his grandma passed away. And he came back here to try and reconnect with his mother, which, by the way, left him in Nicaragua to just pretty much have her, her mother, his grandma, raised him. So his mom dumped him in Nicaragua, came to America. Okay, that's terrible. Right. That's terrible. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was, oh. it was a sad story to the point that she... Why couldn't cur- America border on England in the 1950s? <laughs> All right, okay, never mind. Uh, right, to, to the point that she came here to build her own life because she she met a new she met a man married uh, married him and had two other kids of her own with that same man and pretty much forgot about her one of her oldest kids. Wow. Okay. And so, what happened after four and a half years with this guy? Well. Um, we lived at a certain place, and we we decided a year into the relationship to move into another city in the same state, just to see if that would help our relationship grow or become closer huh? or anything. Just wait, what do you mean? How does moving cities? I don't understand. How does that help your relationship? Probably away from family, I would say. Like, oh, okay, okay. So his family, is like okay. three, four hours away from the rest of the family. So yeah, he he came back from Nicaragua to try and connect with his mom and found that she was a cold-hearted monster with all of the emotional capacity of a soap dish, and then he got depressed, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, there's more to that, but I, yeah, I don't that's, know. That's the quick version because you know yeah, we still got to get to that. That is the quicker right. version. And I I met her a few times in our relationship, and I I just felt this yeah like you just said she's just a very cold-hearted woman and okay, i kept no, if you if you dump your kid and forget about him i mean yeah i, I did this there's no other test for it. like that's basic emotional one-on-one okay so after four and a half years why did you did you dump him um so uh, the year before we broke up i tried to break things off completely you tried to and, yes i tried to meaning were you tried somewhere him, Wait, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> well, I, rem- I remember we were at a local park somewhere, and I told them, obviously, this is not working out. 
moving here was obviously a mistake because it's obviously drifting us apart and it's not working out. Like, it's just not. And was it and that you weren't talking? Uh, you weren't doing stuff together? I mean, what does it mean to drift the drifting It was apart? a little bit of everything, really. It was just miscommunication and he was a bit of a dry person, too, as well. And I'm a, I'm a very affectionate person. Um, and we just were not on the same page. We were just two different people at the time. And... He told me, no, no, let's let's work things out. Let's let's, let's try this. Let's no, I'll I change, don't change, baby. Right. Ouch! Exactly. Oh, I want to make work. I want to make things work. So we're like, okay, all right, let's do this. So I believe a month or so after that, we decided to look for a house together. Wow. And, so mm-hmm. you really weren't waiting to see if it was going to work out. You're both feet in. Oh yeah. I mean, I I I wanted. I really did. I want to see. Okay, let's 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 try to make this happen again. <laughs> and so, and within those six months of no luck looking for a home, we finally ended up uh, with uh, with a home. And that's very same day when we got the news from the from the realtor. Uh, I told them, hey, so we we found this home and we we can close on it type of thing. And then he told me, I remember he was getting out of the shower and he came up to me. He's like, I don't think this is going to work. We need to break up. And my heart just bombed because he he pretty much said what I was feeling. (laughs) So he was right about this. He was right. He yeah. was. Because uh, it, it just, it, I was feeling the same exact way. I really was. And uh, it just apparently came out of his his, his mouth. And So you break because, up. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we, we realized that very moment, oh, shoot. This we just got approved for this house, and this is a thirty-year loan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he's gonna pay for there's it. There's nothing like a commitment to find out if you're committed, right? Exactly. Okay. So, so that's you, you broke up with him, and then what happened? So we broke up. We broke up, and we 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 kind of stayed in touch a little bit afterwards because it's it was a four and a half year relationship. Yeah, you know, it's a it big was, chunk of your life to just toss in the in the garbage, right? Correct. Oh yeah, and I realized that. For me personally, it wasn't healthy to keep a relationship with him because it just wasn't—it wasn't going to go anywhere for me. Like it. No, okay, it just, I get that. So, what happened after you broke up? So, uh, after we broke up, I found out four months after that he was seeing someone and he got her pregnant. He was seeing someone after he broke up with you. Pretty much, but I'm pretty sure he was already. He was already seeing her while we were together. Do you know when that may have started, or do you have any ideas? Within the year that, the same year that we broke up. And do you think he got her pregnant, or she got pregnant deceptively? I believe she just got pregnant deceptively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oops, forgot the pill, forgot to mention it. Hello, mm. daddy. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so then what happened with your life? So after that, I I began dating a little bit more, and and this is um, what what age range are we talking here? Late twenties. Yes, late twenties. I, I yeah. Are you starting to smell the wall? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Do you freedom. find yourself drawn to 
Roger Waters <laughs> albums? Do you find yourself looking at Italian construction pictures? Do you, I mean, is the wall looming for you at this point? <laughs> a little bit. Because <laughs> you're like TikTok, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and then so I, how, does, uh, sorry, how does that change your dating approach, right? Because if you're like, okay, I can't, I don't have another four and a half years to squander on something that doesn't work out long term. So how does that, does that change the kind of guy you're looking for? I mean, how does that? Yes. And this comes across the, the next guy that I actually dated for a little bit as well. So we, I met this new guy and he, he was really nice to the point that I actually saw myself with him and I'm like, hmm, he, I liked him. I like him. We, we connected pretty well. And what was a challenge there, because he, he already had an eight-year-old son. And, and where was he from? Uh, Caucasian. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out with us because I felt like the our relationship of getting to know each other didn't go as planned. Like, I wanted to get to know him better before I had met his son. And I felt like I, I met his son way too soon into the relationship. How and long into the relationship did you meet his son? Like a month. Right. And then I believe the relationship only lasted like about three. Three months? And why did you end it? I ended it. Did. Maybe he did, but I doubt it. No, I did. I ended it because he was having baby mama drama with with the mother of his child of course that's it's always something and i picture myself with him if we had a child and it and that and that's all well it was it was i just felt like okay i felt like his his first family was always going to be first and he was well, always going to know be... that feeling from your step siblings right correct right. i knew that feeling right off the bat so i'm how like how bad was the baby mama drama it was I mean, they got along okay, but I just felt like uh, they they obviously need to work more on things as far as him spending more time with his kid or, or so. I mean, I honestly, it did just... Didn't the kid have disciplinary issues? Meaning, oh, like, yeah. The, the he, was, the he was spoiled, too. He was very spoiled. And there are times where I would suggest something like... Well, um, Caucasian kids can often look spoiled to Hispanic people, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Caucasians don't hit their kids as much. Correct. And the funny thing is his uh, his his baby mom is actually Hispanic, too. <laughs> he might have a type. <laughs> oh, definitely. By four Hispanic, brown, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so... Those white chicks got no back. All right. <laughs> um, so I, I just felt like I would always be second in his life. And, and, if, and if we had a child, too, it, we would always be second. So I would always be fighting to, to be first or just to be involved. But obviously his well, son. Well, I mean, he'd already... also made a bad choice for the mother of his son, right? So his right. unless he'd gone through a lot of therapy or self knowledge pursuit, people repeat bad behavior until they expend massive amounts of resources to change it. Right. Like the best yep. predictor of future behavior is relevant past behavior every single time. Now. I had a bad childhood, I'm a great dad, but I had to spend a lot of money and time and therapy to, to, to turn that shit around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so then what happened? So things ended there. <laughs> and a f few months after that, uh, I met my now husband. Wait, wait. 
Sorry, <laughs> can we back up for a sec? Yeah. A thought just struck me. <laughs> White guy, Hispanic wife, was she by chance from outside America? I'm not sure, to be honest. But she could have been like your mom trying to get a green card. Anyway, I just if you don't know, you don't know. Just popped in my I, head. I don't know. To All be right. Honest. So then the wall inching closer, inching closer, <laughs> like a wall of ice in the face of a caveman. And then what? And of course, things ended there. We didn't keep in touch after that, of course. Sure. And three months. Um, I, I did, however, found out later on that he ended up meeting another Hispanic who had two kids of her own. And ended up getting her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. Like, oh. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. And then? And then uh, that, that same year, <laughs> I met my now husband. <laughs> and uh, how much older than you was Scott? I'm actually older than him by two years. Hey, uh -huh. broken pattern. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I know he's got that baby voice. Actually, now it sounds like Barry White taking. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> okay, so how did you guys meet? Um, I'll let you tell you the know, story. I mean, uh, <laughs> we, we actually did online dating. Uh, there was a, a dating app, and it kind of it matched you up with... Um, you know, signs. Yeah, all the likes and all that kind of stuff. So we were a match in a lot of stuff. We started talking, and we just got along. We just clicked. And, uh, you know, two days after that, we met, and we just spent all night talking. And it was just uh, a wonderful connection. Like, I actually knew right then and there, like, I just wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. I just knew. And, and uh, how long ago was that? Uh, that was uh, four, four years, years ago. Four years ago. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's fast forward a smidge. Oh, no, let's back up a sec from Scott. So you said you were from uh, outside America. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Um, I'm not going to guess from the accent because it seems to be wandering all over the place, British Isles-wise, but where is that? <laughs> um, I'm from the UK, but I've been in America for like almost all my, my whole life. Right. Okay. Okay. And what was your childhood like, Scott? Um, what was interesting, uh, a single mother, my dad actually died when I was a baby. Ah, uh, so... technically that's a widow then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, I want to make that clear because people okay. are always like, well, what about if the father dies? It's like, well, that's terrible. It's a tragedy. Does not make her a single mother, makes her a widow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that correction. Uh, yeah. Well, so, uh, widow. How did he die? Uh, a, a car crash. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And the the sad thing, though, like kind of growing up, when I kind of asked my mom about him, she, you know, she wouldn't really tell me good things about him. Apparently, he wasn't a nice guy. He would kind of hit her, and uh, you was know, he I never. Drinking when he was driving? No, 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 nothing like that. Okay. I just think he just had anger issues. Um, you know, the only th I don't think he really drank or anything like that. He probably had a stressful job, and uh, all I know is. From his part, um, he was raised, and the family, his family, wasn't really good to him. They would beat him, all this kind of stuff. So, I'm, I'm guessing how, you know, he was raised. That's the kind of the guy he was. So he would beat my mom, and uh, I mean, this is all from my mom's point of view. 
which now, you know, I, I can maybe, it sounds really bad, but I can kind of maybe see his point of view as well. But, uh, yeah, she just always... Wait, wait, kinda, what is his point of view? Um, well, my mom, she can be, like, when she gets, like, a rage fit, like, she goes, like, insane. Like, it's not normal. Like, I remember you saying about your mom. <laughs> she's not Scottish, and, is she? <laughs> uh, she's actually English. Uh, okay. But my dad was Scottish. But, um, yeah, she has that Scottish anger. Let's put it that way. But, um, you know, she would go absolutely insane. And she could pick up a phone call and be like, hello, you know, and, act like, nothing happened. Oh, and, yeah. It wasn't you who sent me that message, was it? Uh, no, yeah, I wasn't. so I, I was pointing this out in a recent call in about how mom would be, my mom would be screaming at me, and then the phone would be like, "Hi," you know, yeah, just I'll, like, I'll, I'll, like it's really schizo. And yeah, yeah. Um, somebody had sent me a message like, "Oh my god!" Like I listened to that, and like my like my my mom was exactly. I got a bunch of messages. I, it wasn't you, but okay, yeah. So I we've seen this kind of weird formless personality, which is like completely dominant and psycho, and then can you know turn on a dime. Yeah. Uh, and become sweet as sugar, and uh, yeah, it's it's really terrifying to see, and very humiliating because it's like, okay, so you could be nice, you're just being a bitch because you feel like it, but you could turn around like that. It's oh, just yeah. that I'm I'm not a guy who can give you resources, so it doesn't work, it doesn't matter to me, right? I don't. Yeah, matter. I mean, there was a time where, because um, I would tell my wife this kind of stuff, and it was like one time, like I was like last you tell year. Tell your wife, you mean right now, right? Form of marriage? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, don't skip to... around time-wise for me, man. Skip sorry, throw me sorry. off. Uh, okay, okay, stay, would... stay, let's, let's stay in the domino order. Let's go back to childhood. We'll get to your first marriage sure. in a sec. Okay. All right. Yeah. No so, problem. But... Let's go back. So did your mom, this this sort of screaming rage stuff, was it common? Was it rare? What what provoked it? Do you know? Um, the thing is, I don't really know what provoked it because, you know, she was – she. She didn't have a job. She would actually, uh, my dad had a, a pension that would uh, pay my mom up until I was like 18 years old, right? And he had wow. a really good job. Did so, he work for the government or? No, no, he was, uh, he was like a, one of the top salesmen in insurance. And I guess uh, he was so good that they would pay my mom a pension. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, okay. And I don't know if she got money from the government as well because she was, you know, um, you know, no man in the house, you know, had a kid, that kind of thing. But was she, it just you? It was just me. Yeah. yeah. Did she date yeah. after your father died? Uh, not until I was probably like maybe five, six years old. Uh, I remember, you know, a guy that she was dating and he would just, he would come over and he would bring me an action man, which was like a G.I. Joe here. And I wasn't really into them, but every time he came over, he'd buy me a new one. So eventually you play with this kid, I'll play with mom. <laughs> Pretty much. So I had a collection, so I was quite happy I'd just play with them. But um, and then I found out that he actually had a wife and a family and, and my mom was like the side one. She didn't know. And I just she found out and was all upset. And I, I don't think she dated for years after that. Wow. Um, so she well, your mom has terrible judgment. And <laughs> uh, I guess you've both been involved with witnessing or being the side piece. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and so uh, it wasn't until years after that, until I was around about maybe eight years old, and she she tried to start dating again. Uh, I just remember a, a couple of guys, and they were nice. I just remember one; he was an alcoholic, and as soon as she found that out, she cut him out. And and uh, then she met my now stepdad, and who's actually a, a great guy. Um, when it comes to like step parents, sometimes they can 
kind of push you aside a little bit, not really take you under their wing, treat you like they're, you know, like you're their kid. But my dad, actually, as I call him, yeah, he, he just from the get-go just treated me like I was a part of his family because he had um, a son son and a daughter as well, you know. And they were, he was a single were, dad? Yes, yeah, he had a divorce. and uh, Okay, because I, I have to pause and ask the question here, which sure. I usually have to ask at this point. And the question mm-hmm. is this, if he was a great guy, what was he doing with an emotionally volatile, verbally abusive widow? I, I ask myself that to this day, because he's actually extremely smart. He went to like a special school because he was so smart. And uh, <laughs> so I, I still kind of wonder that today. I don't know how he, he can do it, because my was mom... your mother... Pretty, very pretty, or yeah, you know, she, she's not like um, some weird Kama set Kama Sutra voodoo that keeps him hypnotized, or yeah, I mean, she she's she's good looking. I mean, she's ginger. I don't like gingers, so I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I can't really I'll be biased there, but uh, oh, ginger. Yeah. Twelve minutes to Islam conversion, but anyway, okay, I know. Right. But uh, yeah, she, I mean, for for our age, I mean, you know, she had a good body, was good looking, uh, has. I mean, his ex-wife, I saw her, and Jesus Christ, she looks horrible. Uh, All right, so he, he got a, a form and function upgrade with your... Yes, exactly. Did they have any kids together? No, no. Right. Okay, yeah. so we, we don't know why he would end up with your mom, who does not sound like a highly quality-based dating partner, but he did. And yes. he treated you well, and that's good, right? Yeah, I mean... I think at that point I really needed a male figure. I was lucky growing up because uh, my uncle, um, he wasn't really my uncle, but he was my godfather. He was my dad's best friend. And he would actually come over every Saturday and just take me out for a whole day. And he would just teach me history of like uh, the UK and history around the world. And he he would really try to be like the father figure. And um, I, I adored that. I really needed that. Did your father die in the crash or in the hospital? Um, I, I don't know. Cause I wonder if it's possible if your godfather was somehow present when your father died and your father got a promise out of him to take care of you. It could be. Um, he, he did say that he, he did promise my dad that he would take care of me and he did up until the point that my dad kind of, what my stepdad kind of came into the picture. Cause then he's like, you know, um, I'll, I'll let him you know, kind of take over because right. it would be kind of awkward at that point, you know? Right. Okay. So your stepdad took over and are they still together? Oh yes. They're still together. Right. Okay. All right. And your childhood with regards to discipline, your mom was a screamer, as you were saying, was she a hitter? Oh yeah. She would Ooh. smack me over the back of the head. Like I actually have a flat belt on the back of my head. It's, it's actually from, I, I guess, when, when you're a baby and you lay the baby the wrong way, you have a flat bit. But everyone actually used to joke. It's because my mom used to smack me over the back of the head. And it was it was kind of traumatic, like, to the point that if I'm writing something to, to this day and if someone stands over me, I get all shaky. And, and I, I, can't, I can't concentrate. Cause, oh, yeah, straight up PTSD. I mean, the number of people walking around yeah. with post-traumatic stress disorder from childhoods is... Well, it's legion. It's most of the world's population, yeah. and certainly just about everybody in the third world. But uh, I'm yeah. sorry about that. That's uh, and, and was there rhyme or reason? Was there predictability? Was there avoidability? Or was it just like she's pissed? 
<laughs> um, I, I grew up with dyslexia, so and it was really bad to the point that I couldn't really write my own name until I was like eight years old. It, it was really bad. And, you know, she did try and figure out ways to try and help me, but it was one of them things where she would try and figure something out and then stand over me. And then when I couldn't get it, she'd be like, oh, come on, come on. Uh, why can't you get this? And then she would just kind of like smack me over the back of the head when I did something wrong. And yeah, you know, when, when children are struggling with learning something, it is a power invitation for the parent. And you have to resist it because it's very unfair. But I guess she didn't resist it as well as she should have. Yeah, she, she, she didn't have enough patience. And I, I just remember like horrible things like um, there was a salesman that uh, convinced my mom to buy this like um, thousands. <laughs> it was like it was worth thousands, but it was uh, like this home video tutor kit. And it was some like Australian lady, you know, trying to teach you how to do math and stuff. And I hated it because I'm like, I don't know what the hell she's saying. She has a weird <laughs> accent and, you know, I couldn't get it. And my mom was upset because she spent all this money. So it was like my fault, you know, and I, I just hate that, that everything was kind of my fault. It was never her fault. Yeah. Never heard that before with a woman, but all right. Yeah. Um, and did you have any um, premature sexual experiences as a child? Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, I probably, I think I was always like playing with myself as a kid and my parents would be like, well, my nan, uh, we'd be like, you know, put that away kind of thing and <laughs> stuff like that. But, um, you know, I probably started masturbating when I was like 11 or 12 and, you know, uh, I did that up until I lost my virginity at probably like, I think it was 17. Right, right. Okay. And... Did you date much uh, teenager twenties? Um, no, not really. Um, I, I think when I really started dating, it was around you know about sixteen, seventeen years old, and um, I dated an older girl. Um, you know, she was actually two years older than me, and um, I'm really good at like kind of sales, so I was actually able to kind of sell her on why she should kind of date me. <laughs> and uh, I was able to kind of lose my virginity to her, you know, and it was like an older girl. She was a senior, so I was like really happy. You've got your uh, father's sales gene. Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> it's, uh, but then after she kind of found out kind of like what grade I was in, how old I, how old I was, uh, she kind of then ditched me because she was going to college. So. <laughs> well, and she'd rather go to college than say jail. So yeah, uh, plus she actually ended up marrying a Navy SEAL, which did not make me feel good because I was like, God damn, that's a big upgrade and I can't say anything. He'd probably kill me. Right. <laughs> okay. So is there anything you wanted to mention before, uh, before you meet Lorena? Oh, you had a first marriage, right? Uh, no, no, no. I've never been married okay, before. Okay. So before uh, you meet but... Lorena, is there anything important that you wanted to mention about that time frame? Uh, yeah, actually, um, when when I was like, you know, 17 going on 18, I, you know, I dated this girl and we actually were together about four years. Um, what she kind of did for me was she kind of opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. She actually showed me like, you know, how my mom is. Um, because before then, I really didn't think there was any problems with my mom. Right, like, right. you know, uh, she would tell me like, you know, why, why do you have to like shower and do all your hair a perfect way, dress up nice just to go outside and take the dog a walk for five minutes? And I'm like, well, it's because, you know, the neighbors might see. And then if the, if I don't look good, then they'll judge my mom. Right. right? right. And then when, when she like, you know, think about that, does people look out the window at you? And I'm like, no. And then she just kind of made like, you know, 
does it really matter like kind of like what you look like when you just go take a dog walk and she just she broke things down and made me kind of look at things in a different way and up to that point you know almost 18 years old i was never able to rebel like i wasn't able to do anything like change my hair or anything like that i, I would have to be mother's little boy well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, so how old were you when your stepdad came into the picture? I was nine. So why the hell isn't your stepdad helping you rebel? He didn't. Uh, he didn't want to step in in that. Like he wanted no, no, to no, kind no, of. No, 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 no. Yeah, come on, come on. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not a reasonable thing to say, because if you say, "Well, you're close, and and he's a great guy, and he was like a dad to me, and so on," but one of the jobs of a dad is to peel the mom off the kid a bit. I mean, it's natural for moms to baby kids uh, uh, too long, and it's the job of the dad to say, you know, hey, uh, uh, time to loosen the old umbilical noose and let the kid roam a little, right? Yeah, I mean, um, that never happened. And no, I remember no, at one point no, when it's I... It's not something that happened. Like, okay, the sun comes up tomorrow. That happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Your stepdad did not do his job in supporting you in pushing back against your mom a little. And this, in, in the healthiest families, this is natural and inevitable. So I'm not criticizing even your family structure, although it's certainly more the case probably in a family structure like yours. My question is, why was it a girl who taught you to question your mother or to yeah. gain some masculine independence from your mother and not your stepdad, who is actually a dude? Yeah, I I have no clue in that. And I remember one I do. time. <laughs> oh, please tell us. Because <laughs> he's scared of her because she's a verbal yeah. bully. Yeah, that, yeah. He doesn't yeah. want to get into trouble, so he'd rather you be cocked and castrated than he get in trouble with the screaming harpy bitch. Yeah, she, she <laughs> did mean, Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm happy to hear that I'm wrong, but it seems fairly simple no, no. to me. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. And... Uh, I, I can safely say you're not wrong. <laughs> all right, good. Because, uh, you know, occasionally it's a, it's, a, it's a... I'm shooting arrows over a barn here sometimes, right? So sometimes it hits the barn, sometimes it goes into my leg, strangely enough, and sometimes it hit a target, so I'm glad that I did. But, I, I um, okay, so, so uh, she wears the pants, he's scared, and that's something you're not conscious of. Yeah, I, I wasn't, like, up until I was 18, at least. And No, uh, I'm talking about right now. Yeah, because you had like, no clue as to he, why he didn't support you in gaining some independence from your mom, and when I pointed decisions. it out, you you both got it right away. So I'm yeah, just, just pointing this out. Okay, well, which meant I, he I, had a terrifying mom, and your mom just happens to fit into that slot, so to speak, and uh, that's something you need to be aware of because it means uh, that uh, your men's fear of women is something that is not often discussed. It's not discussed nearly enough, but women can be terrifying and particularly modern women where they have the power of the state on their side and they have the power of the media on their side and all the feminist harpies on their side. So uh, we have turned into a dictatorship, right? Like a female dictatorship. And uh, it is uh, something which we need to discuss more of. We don't have to do it necessarily in this show, but I'm just saying that being aware of that is very important. Women scream for a reason. Why? Because it works. And why does it work? Because men are scared. And why are they scared? Because their mom screamed at them. And because they've seen guys get divorce raped in family courts. And, and so female aggression has gone off the charts these days because it really, really, really works. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I've, I've seen her throw a sink at him, too. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. So she's more than a screamer. She's physically violent and abusive. 
Um, I mean, I don't. Then I don't obviously see her hitting him, but that was just that one time. No, no, I, throwing a so. sink at someone could kill them. Yeah. That, no, yeah. that is that is a kind of attempted murder. Yeah. I mean, tell me, I'm again. That I'm not wrong about. No, right no, now, if that was on video that she throws a sink at him, she would go to jail for years. Yeah. The scary thing was that she actually picked up the phone after that too and was all nicey nicey. Well, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> but so she is a woman who has attempted to murder your stepdad. Yeah. And your stepdad is like, yeah, sounds great. I'm sticking around for this. Well, but he's a great guy. Don't worry, worse. he's a great guy. Yeah, his ex-wife was worse. So. Oh, so he's been serially abused by women. Yeah, and like he's his ex-wife actually threatened to kill my mother at their wedding too. So, sorry, his ex-wife threatened to murder your mother at the wedding. Yeah, in the bathroom. Like, yeah, it's know, not funny, of... man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's British culture. It, no, it's no, a I grew up different. in England. That's not British culture. Don't don't blame the whole country for that. <laughs> you know, honor killings. Not yet. British culture it's on its way, but not yet. Uh, so his, he, he'd married a woman who committed another criminal action, which was to threaten murder on, all right, too. Yeah, because um, they wanted to come over to America and, uh, you know, she, she was a mother of the two kids and didn't want, you know, the father to leave and go to America with a new family. Yeah, there's no because for death threats, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no justification for death threats. Okay, so you've got some shit to learn about your family, right? Which hopefully we're touching on here. Yeah. All right. Because it's important, right? Because what I'm looking for in these conversations is the stuff you don't know that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Right? Because the stuff we know, we know. The stuff that we know, we don't know, we can go look up. The stuff we don't know, we don't know. That's the stuff that gets us, right? Particularly with families. Yeah. Right. All right. And is there anything else that you wanted to mention, uh, Scott, before we get to the present? Well, I, I do remember one time when I, I did want to rebel. And it was probably around about maybe, you know, probably 11 years old, maybe 12 years old. And uh, I, went, I went on vacation with my mom and my grandma. And we went to Spain. My, uh, my dad had to obviously work, uh, so he didn't go. And... Uh, I was kind of raised with my grandma, you know, because uh, my my mom needed help kind of thing. Uh, so we went over on vacation. And the one thing I hated was the the teacher at the school just said, hey, you know, uh, we want you to, you know, write down what, you, you know, what you've done uh, on your vacation each day. You know, write, write down. Make oh, a yeah, no, you can't just have fun. It's like your stupid summer vacation. <laughs> I, I remember when I was in grade eight, I was put into a grade 13 writing class. And I had to read a whole bunch of books over the summer. Uh, I, I did re read Kerouac's On the Road, but a bunch of others I was supposed to read over the summer. And it's like, ugh, I really don't want to do this. It's like the essays on your vacation. You can't just go have fun. You got to write about it later. Ugh. Well, it was actually during the school year. Um, that's that's oh, the reason why the teacher wanted me to. And all it was was just, you know, write something down about what you did during the day. And But what my mom wanted me to do each morning was do it in the morning. So I, I don't know how, I kept on trying to explain to her, like, how can I, you know, write a story about what I did during the day? In the morning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before woke, I up. It. woke up, woke and, up, and, woke up, woke yeah. up. Hey, I'm done. <laughs> and uh, she didn't like that, kept on yelling at me, would hit me. And then to the point I, I had enough and I ran away. 
And I, I remember like running into like the the stair area and I was gone for hours to the point that everyone was looking for me. Uh, you know, all the British people that were there all got together. They're all looking around. The police were called. And, uh, but, and eventually, you know, I went down to like the front desk where everyone was. And then when my mom saw me, she was like crying all that kind of stuff and then grabbed me and was, you know, hugging me. And so was my, my nan. Uh, but then the second they actually got me around the corner, they just started just fucking belting the shit out of me, like yep. smacking my legs, my yeah, head. No, and they know how to act in public to look like loving human beings. It's how you know they're stone evil. Because they know exactly what they should do, which is they should hug you and they should apologize for whatever happened that drove you away. Because running away in a foreign country is no small deal for a kid and they don't want to do it on the hell. But of course, they know how to behave like loving mothers. They just choose not to do so when they are in private. So that's just yeah. evil. And the worst thing was, like, my mom was like, you embarrassed me and all this kind of stuff. Now everyone is going to be looking at me and, you know, that, judge her and yeah, it was all about judging my mom. And it's like, you know, like, we didn't even talk about what happened, you know. No, of I course not. No, I get, it. I get it. No, I know this petty side of human nature and particularly female nature. It's, it's hideous. And uh, it, it puts anonymous strangers up of her own flesh and blood. Yeah. And, and it's then, ridiculous, you know, like people... People get mad and talk to my mom in like 20 years. And people are like, oh, you should talk to your mom. Talk to your mom. It's like, no. Yeah. She chose the eyeballs of random strangers over the allegiance of her son. Because she would beat me if, I, if she felt embarrassed by something. So, so all of those, she's, she's, she chose her allegiance, man. She chose her allegiance. Yeah. And her and allegiance was anonymous strangers. Of, so now she can call up all these anonymous strangers and say, oh, I'm sick. I need to go to the hospital. I need to be driven. I need someone to come take care of me. Because that was her priority, was her relationship with anonymous strangers. So now she can go harvest all of these anonymous eyeballs and she can use them uh, as resources for her old age. It's like when, when I put a, a, a cup on a, on a table and it left a little white ring. I didn't even know it could do that. But it left a little white ring on the table and she beat the crap out of me, right? And it's like, okay, well, she still has that table, so she can look at that table and say, well, at least there aren't any more white rings. Or Like, she doesn't have a, a son, but she has a nice table. And so she can look at that table in her old age and say, well, these anonymous people I beat my son up for, and this table I beat my son up for, and all the other countless things she put as high a priority over me. It's like, you've got tables and you've got anonymous people if you want them. Maybe they don't care, probably don't, probably half of them are dead, but this was your priority. And you have to live with it. And so people get mad at me. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't understand. She made her choice. She, she chose a table over me. Now she's got the table. Why should she complain? Yeah. So when, when I started kind of realizing most of this and kind of seeing my mother for who she was, and then I, I wanted to try and kind of find my own identity, of course, my mom, she looked at the girl who I was with. and The older girl? that. Well, no, she wasn't older. She was a year younger than me, but she was just very smart for her age. Oh, the, and, sorry, the girl. I'm just. There was the first, the older girl you lost your virginity to. Then there's this girl who was younger who was turning you on to your some of your mom's craziness. Yes, that's okay. correct. And, yeah, so your mom would view her as an out and out enemy, right? Yeah, yes. and because she wasn't like you know a little skinny blonde girl or whatever, she was. Uh, she she was of Asian descent, but she was brown and a little bit thick. Uh, when you, you say know, Asian, do you mean uh, Indian or Chinese? Uh, like Thai. She was from Thai, uh, okay, okay. Thailand, yes. But she was a little thick. So, you know, my mom was always obsessed about being skinny. And so she didn't really like her because the girl kind of, you know, she had curves. So she kind of flaunted the curves. I mean, she didn't wear anything skimpy, but yeah, yeah, she yeah. was afraid of being skinny. 
uh, and she knew who she was. And so my well, mom didn't in, want in that. other cultures, in non-Western cultures, people can talk honestly about female nature. You know, like in, in Japan and China, they can talk honestly about race and IQ, and, and that's one of the reasons why their cultures are the way they are. And in non-white cultures, you can talk a lot about the dark side of female nature. Uh, but in Western cultures, that's just become verboten. You can't talk about that topic. And yeah. uh, that's terrible. And of course, the only reason the only reason we want to not talk about that topic is to serve evil women. Like evil women run run the culture. Evil women run the culture without a doubt these days. Because if you look, who 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 um, you know the old saying: uh, if you want to know who rules over you, look at you. You're not allowed to criticize. Well, oh, yeah. um, I get you know I, I can criticize Jews and it's fine. But you criticize women though. I mean, it's women, and, and you're criticizing female nature or the possibility for evil in female nature. That's what gets you the most in trouble. And that is where the dictatorship is at the moment. So, yeah, that doesn't make much... I mean, it's, it's not shocking to me that it was uh, somebody from another culture who was able to tell you more about female nature. Yeah, and um, actually, it's kind of mind-boggling that you're telling me that. Now I can actually see that. But I... Uh, it, it was... It was tough because, obviously, my mom felt that as, like, a threat that she was going to lose me, you know? And uh, so... was right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, it was more than a threat, right? I mean, yeah. she, she, if, if you wake up to your mom, she will lose you. And what, what, that does, that's not because of what she did. It's because of what she won't do in the future, which is apologize and take ownership. So if someone comes along to you, if you have a bad or evil mom or dad, or whatever, if someone comes along and starts talking about it, they have nothing to fear if they're willing to apologize because a sincere apology can heal just about anything. Not always, but, you know, I mean, assuming it's not absolutely egregious child rape or something. But a sincere apology and a commitment to change and, and, and growth and all of that can go a million miles and work biblical wonders in the world. But when people say, oh, this person is, trash, is, is, is talking badly about me to my son, the reason they're afraid of losing you is they know they will never change and they have no intention of changing and no desire to change. So the only variable that can change is getting rid of the, the quote, bad influence on you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. And mm -hmm. uh, because I had such like an impact on, of awakening and I wanted to rebel and my mom was fighting that, um, there was so much stress and so many arguments and that she made me feel so terrible about myself that... I actually ended up getting cancer. Oh, and how old were you? I was 18. Holy crap. And you think it was stress-related? I, I think so, because I, I don't... No family I'm, history, no weird life habits or anything? No, no. I, I Actually, I don't smoke. I don't wow. drink. I don't do any drugs. Um, what kind of cancer I, did you get? I had testicular cancer. Testicular cancer? Yeah, which, which is not fun for an 18-year-old kid, because... Did you, know, you end up having anything removed, or...? Yeah, actually, um, it, it was scary because, um, you know, I went to the doctor and they're like, well, we're not really sure what it is. Um, we'll take this and we'll monitor it and see if it grows in a couple of days. And in a couple of days, it went from like probably like half a millimeter to like a centimeter and a half. Holy shit. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, you need to get in the surgery right now before it spreads your abdomen. And then you might have to go for chemo, all this kind of stuff. And... So I, I got rushed into surgery. They hacked off one of my balls and one ball in there. But at, at the time, I, I felt like, you know, you kind of feel like less of a man, you know. And it, it, it was really, really hard and impacting on me because I didn't know what happened. And now, you know, like doing research, I have actually talked to people from different countries that have come over to America. And then 
after a few years, they ended up getting cancer, and they think it's maybe the food. It could be – I personally think it was the stress. Well, I mean, I, I hate to be the uh, guy to point out the blindingly obvious, but if you were writing a novel and you wanted to make a, a medical analogy for a devouring, destructive, vicious mother destroying the manhood of her child, testicular cancer is exactly what you'd make, right? Yeah, um, and it was it was – it was really tough, uh, and I, I just I kind of just felt like every time I rebelled, something bad would happen. But it, it, you know, that's uh, no. And tell her, tell him like how she would make you feel after that. Yeah, I mean, she would, uh, she would just tell me how much everything cost. Yeah, and made me feel well, bad what about what an it. inconvenience it is to her. You see, that yeah. you're unwell. Yeah. Right. Now. Yeah. The fact that your stepdad didn't divorce the shit out of your mother when she's treating you like crap when you have cancer that she might have given you tells me everything I need to know about your lovely stepdad. <laughs> yeah, he, he was... He now, was who stands up for you? Uh, no one. Uh, he doesn't stand up for me. Um, you know, he's... Uh, yeah, he's dragged his he, spine out and shredded it through his dick. So there's not much left there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, till this day he's... he's okay, still. so in the interest of time, let's get to the present. And I really, really appreciate that backstory. It's very important. Mm -hmm. So how did you end up doing internet pornography? Um, well, you know, we both had, um, you know, our both day jobs. Unfortunately, I actually work for my family, which um, I always wanted kind of a, a way out of that. But um, Wait, you've been struggling for independence and you work for your family. Yes. Yeah. Um, why? Did they pay more than you could get anywhere else? What? Why? Um, no, they, they guilted me into it. I, I, I did Wait, sorry, have, they want you into it? They guilted me into it. No, um, no, no, they didn't. No, you're in it. No, 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 no. Don't put that willpower yeah. on them. No, no. You, you made a choice. You made yeah. a choice. Right. Yeah, right. They, so, they, 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 they tried to guilt you into it, but you're the one who has to say yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I... Uh, they kept on telling me for years to join the family business. I always didn't want to do that. I wanted to go do my own thing. Uh, I, funny enough, I went into sales and I was extremely successful in sales. I made a, a good amount of money. Um, I had like my own. Okay. Uh, sorry. I just, I really have to do in the interest of time here. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So in the interest of time, how did you end up doing internet pornography? Uh, we, we just wanted to make some extra money. And we figured, you know, because uh, my wife had $40,000 worth of student loans. Um, For what degree? Um, the beauty industry. Yeah, the beauty industry. Her, her mother kind of pushed her into it. The and beauty her, industry? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? Um, well, at the time, um, I first went to school for, for massage therapy. And you, then... you, you, you had a job at an insurance company. I mean, what... what... What, 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 did you not want any career like that? No, because I knew it was just uh, something that I, I just needed a job to, to pay the bills at that time. And uh, everything that was going on at that time, I was going to school full time. Sorry, to... what time are we talking here? I was about 20, 21. Okay, sorry. Let's fast forward to your late 20s. Do you, right. Did you want to have kids at some point? I did, of course. So why and on earth would you go back to school in your late 20s if you want to have kids? 
No, I never went back to school in my late 20s. I Oh, this is the early 20s that you got the This is the early 20s. Yeah, I, I finished school in my early 20s and I unfortunately ended up with that debt, but I never went back to school. But so how how how, how do you end up with $40,000 in debt for beauty school? I It wasn't originally 40,000. Let's put it this way. It was a lot <laughs> smaller than that and her mom, you know, she didn't look at the interest rate or anything because she just told her to sign it. Wait, who didn't? Oh, okay. So, okay. Your wife didn't, right? Lorena didn't look yeah. at the interest rate or anything. Right. I was... Yeah. She didn't understand. I did not understand. Fair enough. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring my mother to this college to help me make a decision because, you know, that's no, what... No, but you hated your mother and you slept with a guy to get away from her. So why would you bring your mother to a... Like, you were willing to have threesomes just to get away from a guy you didn't really like, just to get away from your mother. So why is she making financial... Dis I, I'm missing something here. I I guess I, I still need, needed some kind of guidance from her if if she if she had any, because, you know... No, but, what... but you worked in the insurance company. You, you know how to do math, right? <laughs> right. So what um... again, just help me understand what I'm missing. Worst I, I woman just, ever, worst mother ever. I had to run or get away. Oh, what well, now she's signing, she's helping me sign documents to get into massive amounts of debt. Like I don't, what am I missing? What am I help me out. I just felt like I just needed some support, some kind of support, just just her being there to, to help me make a, a decision. And obviously it was the wrong one. And I should have known. How long did you go to school for to, to get this kind of debt? A year and a half. 18 months? 40K? Yeah. <laughs> what? Biggest scam ever. Holy shit. Yeah. And did you learn anything that helped you get a job? Yeah, she she yeah. does she does that at like and she's oh, on yeah, that the, Oh yeah, that's that's what I do now. So Okay, but if it if it helps you get a job, why are you still in debt? I guess close to ten years later. Well, you did the like she did like a deferral, so I would say like, oh, if if you don't want to pay anything right now, we can defer it for a year or so, and then so she kept on doing yeah, that. Yeah, I kept postponing the payments. Yeah, and so and then and then but, but weren't you continuing to pay? I mean, people don't just let you postpone payments. When they still was, charge you interest, a, it was a forbearance loan, um, and then you you send whatever you can at the time, or you don't have to send anything at all. No, but, but don't they keep charging you interest when you defer? Yes, they do. Yes. So why why would you do that? <laughs> Terrible at math. <laughs> no, really? no, 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 no. If you listen to this show, you you don't get the dumb card. Sorry, you just don't. So yeah. why would you do that? She didn't. She didn't want to deal with that at the moment. She kind of figured well, she. Nobody wants to. Like, nobody wants that. Like, I don't want to get up and go to a job, so I just robbed a bank. You know, I mean, nobody wants to deal with debt and and wants to deal with interest. It's like nobody wants to brush their teeth, but that doesn't mean you end up with everybody with their teeth rotting. Like, why Why did you just keep deferring it? Oh, I know why. <laughs> I know why. V-Power. Because you can get a man to pay your debt. You just have to stall it to the point where you can hook a guy with sex, and then he'll pay your debt, right? Hmm. Am, I, am I wrong? Because you got out of your mom's place... By having sex with a guy. So he gave you a free rent and whatever, right? So maybe you just thought, well, I don't, why, why would I have to pay for this? I have a vagina. It's one way to look at it. Well, yeah, I'm, if I'm wrong, tell me, but it just seems odd. Like, 
that you would just keep deferring something and let the interest accumulate, like how are you expected to pay it off? Yeah, I, I think she realized that maybe one day she'll be married. There'll be magic penis know, pay. Money. Yeah, and <laughs> MPP. Then, yeah. But between the student loans and then... No, this is one of the reasons why women get into stupid debt. Yeah. It's because they're like, ah, just... I can have sex for money and the guy can pay it off. Yeah. And between that and, like, credit card debts that... Wait, was that's credit, wait, that's credit card debt too? Yes. And how, that, how much might that be? Um, oh, It's not like... It's like 20000 But that was... It was over a time with debts yeah, but it's and... But 20000 What, 18% interest? Uh, yeah, I would believe so. Yeah, it was. I had to go back and forth out of the country, and uh, there was all there was deaths in the family. You know, and at the time we didn't have, we didn't make. Wait, enough sorry, money. whose credit card debt was it? Um, it was ours. Actually. It was yeah. yeah. It was a oh, mix combined. Of, yeah, yeah, it was combined. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why yeah, are it's... you living beyond your means? We we weren't at the time. No, no. We were... If you're a debt, you are. Yeah, now we are. Um, at, at the time, we didn't expect any deaths in the family, and it was kind of like one after another. No, no, but <laughs> don't blame the dead for your debt. That's not fair, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you have sudden expenses, you know what you do? You cut back on other stuff, right? Yeah. You stop doing other... Oh, no, I had to fix my car for $1,000. Well, I guess I'm not going out to eat for the next six months, right? Yeah. Right. So, no, this is interesting because you both have this magical thinking about money, right? Which is, well, we'll just defer we'll $20,000 in credit card debt, right? Because my question is, how did you end up getting into doing porn on the internet? And the answer seems to be, we're in debt. That's uh, one of the reasons? Yeah, yeah, it was one of the main reasons, simply because we wanted to find an extra way to pay off the debt. And we wanted to build up our savings and we wanted to get into real estate. So we wanted to have a good credit score. We didn't want to have any bad debt. Don't you want to have kids? We do want to have kids. That's that's the reason why I want to get into real estate. So what's all these big plans about real estate and and like porn and like... (laughs) (laughs) Well... Don't right you just now, cut back on your expenses and have kids? Like what am I missing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm completely dense and I'm sure I'm missing something obvious, but... If you want to have kids, don't you just like and, and you, don't you just like really cut back on your expenses and and have yeah, kids? We definitely could, you know, do that. We just feel that like right now, I don't have the freedom away from my family that I want. You know, if we make enough money, I cannot work for my parents. We want to be stay at home parents. We want to be stay at home parents. And no, but you're in debt. Yes. So, you, so that's how can you be stay at home parents if you're in debt? I mean, exactly. one of you should be, obviously, right? I mean, it would be Lorena, but but if you are in a situation where you're $60,000 in debt, which is significant, especially if it's, well, I assume that the student loan at this point is not the lowest interest in the world, right? No. Right, no. What's the student loan interest at? Um, I'd say about like 6 or 8%, I believe. Wait, you don't know you? Well, no, come on. Come on. Don't do this to me. You don't know the interest on your student debt? Uh, I say about, I, I say about 10, 10%, yeah, last time. We've gone from 6 to 10? Yes. <laughs> okay. Scott, do you know what the interest is on your wife's student loan debt? 
I don't know. Um, I what is wrong with you? No, I'm I, serious. I didn't want to. You do listen to this problem. show. Why don't you know these things? I know. I I I was uh, I was kind of scared to look, to be honest. <clears throat> okay, I I understand that too, but. You kind of have to, don't you? I mean, you're trying to figure out what to do with your lives. Don't you need to know what the interest rate is so you know what to pay off and how and when and whether to put money in extra? And Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, uh, I always try to, you know, give her a little bit, you know, more power over things when I should really kind of step in and kind of take over. I just feel kind of bad that I always have to kind of do that with everything. And... I, I realize now that I, I should come in more and, and uh, deal with them situations. Right. So who first brought up the idea of internet porn? Um, we both did, really. Yeah, just... it was it was. No, like, that's um, too much of a coincidence. <laughs> come on. Jinx! <laughs> we both said the same thing at the same time after being together for years. Someone comes up with it first. Who was that? I think, well, because, you know, we'd watch it together, and then we would see, like, you know, this amateur stuff. And it, at the time, it was, they would come out where they would be paying these amateurs, and these amateurs would be making money based on views. And, you know, we joke, like, big, oh. Like, is it through ads, or, or how does that work? Yeah, it was, it was originally, like, through ads and that kind of stuff. Right. And we just, like, oh, we could totally do that. But um, we didn't, we, we'd make videos on our own and it was kind of fun. But when we actually decided, well, you know, we could probably do this, we also wanted to come up with something just different. So we wanted to come up with like unique looks and do something to really stand out. That okay, way... but now, now hang on, hang on. Consequences seems to be something a little bit over the horizon sometimes, right, for you guys? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, which is why you're kind of avoiding. Looking at the student loan debt number and, and all that. I mean, and, and listen, $20,000 in debt, the last place you ever want to do that is on a credit card, right? Right. Right. You, you'd want to get a bank loan. You'd want to get some sort of secured line of credit. You want to, like, the last place you want to get twenty grand. I mean, other than maybe a loan shark is, is a credit card, right? Because paying that off is brutal, and you can end up paying off triple or quadruple that amount. I mean, you know this. What was your student debt when you left school? It was uh, about 32000 So in 10 and years, it's gone up a quarter. Correct. Or correct. So. Okay, all right. Yes. So consequences. What are the downsides of publishing, I guess, marriage porn on the internet? I mean, just, you know, like family find out, disowning you. You know, that that's that was originally like our main fear, but then it's not really a fear anymore. Why is that? Just because, you know, we've been kind of doing it for, you know, a few years to the point that, you know, it's something that we're good at. We can actually make a living off of it. And but how much do you make from it, if you don't mind me asking? We can make anywhere around... Uh, like two like, or four? No, that's just for Sorry, one. sorry, what? Um, probably around about on average uh, between four thousand and five thousand. A month. Four thousand dollars to five thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. That's just an and average. This, okay, and this is off um, the publishing uh, and and then uh, you get your ads or or memberships, right? Um, well, yeah, we have well we have our own like 
clip stores, meaning like people will actually go and buy our videos like, from the clip stores. Yeah. yeah. And we have some that, you know, are just based on views, but it's mainly clip stores. So people actually go and they buy them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's your net. So you pay some to the clip store yes. and then you get some, right? Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Right. And this is, is it both of you or just Lorena? It's, it's, yeah, it's mainly both of us. Yeah. Right. Okay. And if you have kids, they'll probably find it at some point, right? Well, <laughs> the, the thing is, um, the way real life is like, she looks nothing like she does like on camera. Right, I... She's a complete opposite. So complete opposite, yeah. most people we work with, they don't even recognize her on the street, you know? So there is that going for us. Uh, and because we're not, like, largely mainstream, we're not, you know, uh, we're, we're more amateur, and we, we kind of like staying that way. We're not, like, uh, on the, the big sites or anything mm-hmm. like that. We're just very, you know, small. Mm-hmm. And because there's so many people out there, it's, you know, it's kind of hard for anyone to kind of stumble across it unless they're actively really trying to look for something. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. And with the extra money that you are making, what do you do with it? That goes straight towards debts. So you should be paid off pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the goal in a couple of years. Yep. A couple of years. Well, if you're $60,000 in debt... And you're making, let's say, five grand a month. It's yeah. well, we're hoping for it to obviously grow. Like, we've no, no, but that's that's. A, I mean, if you take that money and put it on debt, a year and change, right? Not counting interest and all of that, but a year yeah. and change, you're done. But you're saying years, which means that you're not using all the money for debt. Well, yeah, so, some months obviously you got like car payments and stuff like that. Things are pop up, so. We obviously try and focus everything for the debt, but things do pop up that we right. have to use that money for. Yeah, so right. of course, okay. things that are out of control, you know. Like and having strangers look at your sex life, how does that strike you? Well, it's we. It's not really our life. Uh, we created something that's not us. Uh, no, no, it's she... you. No, it's you. It's you. I mean, I get it's disguised <laughs> and all of that, but it's you. Yeah, we, I mean, otherwise just... you they're paying the wrong people, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we just we wanted to create like a fantasy. So, and and our minds kind of turn off to the point that it's, it's just, just work. It's, it's, it's just, just work. Business, yeah. yeah, and we're it's a just business mindset that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, uh, she she's learning like business one on one in a, a yeah, weird way. Yeah, so much that you learn, like you know, yeah, not parts, to the point where know. she'll find out the interest on her student loans, but yeah, well. so some business one on one. Yeah, that point. <laughs> now. Scott, what was your first exposure to pornography as a child? Um, I think I destroyed the home computer when I just started typing things, and I didn't know, and it had so many pop-ups. All I remember was the computer had so many viruses on there that when we actually went to America, my my dad actually sold it to an old lady. (laughs) Uh, Sounds really bad right now, but um, they they tried to clean it up, and then they sold the computer to an old lady, um, which... If she went, if she actually clicked, like, the internet button, there'd be so many pop-ups that she probably couldn't get it fixed. Um, it's sad to say. But, oh, uh, for uh, pornography pop-ups. Yeah, yeah, because obviously I was probably, like, 13 years, well, probably 12 years old at the time, so I didn't really know about any of that. But obviously back then you just click on anything and you get so many viruses. 
And Lorena, what about you? I was about 11, 12 years old. And the first porno that I found was actually in my mom's drawer or in her closet somewhere. And she, I, I knew she kept certain things. So, of course, you know, at that time, I was curious. Any, any child would be. And I found this very old VCR pornography. I put it on and I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. <laughs> and for some reason, I actually invited over my boy cousins to, to see this video. And we were just kind of like laughing Wait, about you it. You invited over your boy cousins to see the pornography video. Correct. Yeah. Because I figure uh, we all get a laugh of it. <laughs> well, no, it's not designed for laughter, right? I mean, everybody says this, right? But it's not designed for laughter. It's designed for sexual <laughs> stimulation, right? Right. Well, at the time, it, obviously, we, we had no idea what we were watching. And we didn't know what it was. But it, it was just in, obviously entertaining. And, there, I mean, I've had a guy on the show who's talked about how a, a lot of exposure to pornography can interfere with natural or, or normal sexual function. Have you guys found that to be the case at all? No, not at all. If anything, if found us to be a lot more closer. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I listened to that podcast and I really enjoyed it because it is, it is very true. Um, like my, the way things that happened with me, I used to obviously just love porn and I'd watch it like every day. It was like an addiction for me. But since we kind of decided to get into this business, I actually don't watch porn really for pleasure um if i ever go on these sites i'm actually looking for things that are for like ideas so i look for ideas and then i look at the girl and I'm like oh you know we should reach out to that girl and we do and so it's not really Wait, the reach same out to that girl for what we uh we talk to the girls and they come over and work with us oh so it's the sexual activity that you film is more than the two of you uh, yeah, we sometimes, yeah. Yeah, we mm -hmm. we we're open to you know working with uh, all our Other porn stars. In the uh, yeah, they just uh, you know we film every week, and the way we do it is because our content is actually very good. Um, you know, a lot of girls they reach out to us and they want to come work with us, so they come over, they they shoot with us, and we give them a copy of everything that we shoot. They can sell that copy. They use our name to get them more exposure mm -hmm. and it also helps us as well it's kind of like in youtube when you have like mike sarnavage on you know his following comes to you so we do the same thing yeah, in this no, industry not totally like youtube but well, i guess there are two, there are <laughs> two people involved and you but um and and they come to your house yeah well we have a studio oh so they don't come to your house our, our, studio, our studio is, actually is in, our house, in our house but, another uh, separate room. okay yes. they come to your house Right. <laughs> yeah. So you can be easily doxxed that way, right? Um, I would say yes, but I mean, we have we have contracts that we have everyone sign, as in, uh, we have release forms and we have like a professional contract where you know it says like if they work with us and then come out and say, oh, this is where these people live, you know, we can sue them. I mean, it doesn't help after the fact, but it's still kind of like a deterrent. In other words, we're 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 safe about it. And. Um, STDs? Oh, we're very safe about that. Yeah, in Absolutely. this in this industry, um, there's industry standard testing where it's generally like one main testing place that everyone in the industry goes to, and then it links up. So 
if something was to occur, they can kind of find patient zero and find out where it came from and everyone's aware. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and in this industry, you get tested everywhere from two weeks to a month. Uh, Depending some, on how many shoots they do. Yeah, sometimes even had, every yeah. week if you're shooting all the time just to be safe. But it's generally mm-hmm. from two weeks to every 30 days. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess if, if, you, uh, if you do have an STD and you're found to be patient zero, everyone's going to sue you, right? No, no. They, um, it's because you go in there and you find something immediately, everyone can get notified and then they can get uh, basically cured. You know, it's right. treated it's, if it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's never right. nothing we... major because everyone we work with is always tested. Mm-hmm. So the only time anything was to happen is if they worked with someone that wasn't. Right. You know. So. And... So in other words, we never shoot with anyone who is not cleared. Yeah. Does this mm-hmm. have any effect on your sex life off camera? Actually, no. It no. improves it. It um, improves it. But it's as a guy, you would assume that you know. Um, I can have sex with other females, but I actually, that's not really my thing. I don't really enjoy it. Um, I, I, I'm more focused on the camera itself, how everything looks and just performing. And once you get to know these girls, they're just really friendly. So I just treat them as friends, you know? So it's, it's nothing like there's no passion involved or nothing like that. It's all fake. Uh, it's just all for the camera. And then after we get done shooting, you know, me and my wife just go and have sex because we feel so closer to one another and it, it just makes our life much better. We Much closer. Much Wait, better. so you feel closer to each other after you watch each other have sex with other people? No, after we work with other people, we... Well, no, but feel... the work is having sex, right? Yes. Not all the time, no, we, we, norm- we don't normally have, like, sex. Like, it's not... Um, as we call it, boy-girl. We normally do, like... Uh, like, like oral stuff and yeah, that, or, or yeah. Stuff. But that's sex. But, right. Yes, I didn't yes. say intercourse, right? Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's we just feel closer, and it's not like it's a fetish or anything. We don't don't really get into it. It's not something that before going into this, I wanted to see my wife be with all our guys or anything. It wasn't like that. But, but I you don't do get you you watch your wife have sex with other guys? Yes, but it's not it's not like a turn on for me. It, it doesn't really do anything. We're just working. Yes, you know, because she's. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't uh, describe motive to it. I'm just saying that <laughs> you do sit there and watch men have sex with your wife. That is correct. Uh, the way we look at it, though, is you know she has this disguise on. You know, and it's just no. Her. But you know who she is. Right? She's never <laughs> not disguised. She doesn't become yes. a different human being. You yes. know who she is. But I, I prefer the real person. You know, so when we're done working. I get to be with the real person. I don't want the the persona. I want the real person. And right, because uh, it's just work mindset and work. I'm but looking. It, it's her vagina or her butt or her mouth or whatever, right? Yeah, no, that's correct. I mean, I assume you don't disguise those as like the Arc de Triomphe or anything like that, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's the thing, right? Yeah, it, it's it's not something that we dove into. It was it was something after about two years when we started working with all our people because we felt comfortable because we were happy with what we were doing, but we knew that we'd get more exposure by working with other people. So it was a step that we both decided to make together. Yeah. Cross fertilization, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it was just something that if we wanted to get to where we want to get to, because the money that we're making now, we've only started making this kind of money within this beginning of this year. Really, really halfway through this year, then we started making the money because yeah. Is there had, any um, is there any drug use in the industry that you know of? 
Yeah, no, there yeah, that um, we know of. Yeah, I we... mean, obviously, it's not at our our house or anything like that. But uh, the, the people we've worked with, uh, they don't they don't do any drugs. They do like they smoke weed and stuff like that, but they don't really do any hardcore drugs. We have heard stories of that uh, people do do drugs and they, yeah, they yeah. drink. And there are times where they would show up on set and they're not professional or they're probably coming home from a late party or they're, yeah. they're... We've, we've personally never really had that experience with um, the weed though right um yes yeah, so, you know people will come in like kind of smelling a weed i mean we don't smoke weed or anything we don't like or that in our house yeah we don't do drugs or yeah, we don't we, smoke or we, drink we don't or even drink like you know but we tell people that ahead of time that when they work with us it's strictly professional you know and we're nice we'll cook them food and stuff like that you know uh and we try to be really nice to all the people. And we've been lucky that everyone that we work with are actually phenomenal. We work with all our couples in the industry. And, they were uh, really great, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, we haven't really had uh, an overall terrible experience. We only had uh, one experience where, where we were kind of caught in the middle, where there was a problem with one of our male talents and a female talent. I and, mean, like a, a spat or a disagreement? or Yeah, you can say both, that. Yeah. Like... Um, like, so here's it, the story. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's put it this way. It was our first um, experience with the Me Too movement. And that does kind of go on in this industry. And uh, we kind of saw that firsthand. And what that was is we were working with a, a new girl. And she was interested in really getting her name out there. And when we started talking to her, we just said, well, you know, a lot of these girls, the they go for – the, the, the big companies and sometimes they'll get involved in agencies. Some agencies out there are really good. They'll treat their girls really good and take care of them. There's other agencies out there that they could pretty much pimp them out and they just treat them like they're just workers, you know, and it's, it's horrible. Yeah, and we've seen that what, what, what happens is girls just want fast money. So they'll go and work for these really big companies and they'll get the fast money. They'll get a lot of shoots and but after a couple of years in the industry, they won't get as many shoots anymore. They won't make the same amount of money. And then they kind of get, you know, kicked away by the management company because they're not making any money. And then they're left well, on the why, why would they make less money? Um, well, generally, they're thinking about fast money now. Well, the, and the, they don't think about creating their These, these big like companies, um, after they work with one girl, they don't want to work with her again for a while. You know, because they don't want too many videos of the same girl. They just, they always want new girls. It's a very fast pace because, you know, so many people, if they're watching porn multiple times a day, you know, they don't want to keep on seeing the same girl all the time. They want a different selection. So these big companies, they just always, it's an in and out thing, you know. But the sad thing is, after these girls, they get a taste of the big money. They generally always spend it. And then it comes to the point that they're not making any money. And that's when they'll probably get into drugs or hooking or something like that, something bad. And then they're desperate for money. What we tell girls at the very beginning, like, hey, if you want to get into the business, we don't judge. You know, that's perfectly fine. But we say, like, you know, make your own content. You know, put your own content on clip stores. You know, so people that really want to see more of you, they'll come to your own store and buy it from you so you make money. And if they get really big and they work for these big companies, um, when the when the big companies don't come calling anymore, they'll still have fans that will be buying stuff from them. So they'll be making residual income every single month. And that's something they can live on. It could actually really help them. And that's what we try to encourage them. Yeah. yeah. So with this girl in particular, we were um, helping her create her own content. 
So she was going to be coming over. We were going to be spending spending a day with her, and we had all our male talent, professional male talent, that were going to work with her. And so we'd make a bunch of videos that we would I would actually personally edit and send to her, so she could have uh, her, her own, own content, site yeah. uh, set up, so that you know she could start making some extra money that way. Uh, but she was young; she was eighteen, and she was having problems with her family. Her family found out she was doing porn. Um, she was living like in a motel and her family were trying to take her car away. And it was just, she was going through a lot. Yeah. You know, a lot, and a which that's is a, not, a bad time to be making permanent life decisions like pornography, right? Ex- exactly. You right. know, and so you but, weren't really helping her too much because you should have encouraged her, I think, to not do pornography, shouldn't you? I mean, for, I mean, let's just say that where, where you guys are is a different place than an 18 year old girl who's going through family crises, right? Yeah. We like, we did talk to her about things to see if, you know, this, is, this something is something that, that she, she really wanted to do. No, no, but as, 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 as an older couple, do you think that it's a good idea for her in her state of mind to make the permanent life choice to do pornography and have it out on the internet? I mean, uh, because we've been doing this so long, we really, we don't want to judge. I mean, I, no, I have no, the kind of set where I I'm don't want to. I'm not saying judge. But is it a good idea? I'm not talking moral. Let's no, put the, put the ethics not. aside. Let's put the ethics aside, right? For her situation. Hang on, hang on. So put the ethics aside. She's 18 years old. She's having a terrible family crisis, right? Is that the right time to make a decision about publicly posting pornography of yourself? Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely not. Uh, at that time, though, she had already been in the business and have done shoots for for, other. Uh, for all our people. But she's so, 18. She can't have been yeah. in the business that long, at least not legally. No, no, she, um, she had been 18 for like a year at that point, but, uh, she had, so she had like, when you're 18 in this business, you, you do get some shoots <laughs> while people want you at that age. And we were just, uh, we, our mindset was, well, if, if that's what she wants to do, we'll help her at least get set up on her own clip stores. Okay. And that but let me, let me ask you this. <clears throat> If she hadn't done pornography as yet and you came across her, would you have advised her to wait until her life was more stable and she was older? Because her brain hasn't finished maturing at the age of 18, right? She's still impulsive and, and consequences are a challenge and all that. Do you think or have you had a situation where someone comes to you who's going through a crisis, who hasn't done pornography yet, and you're in the position to give them advice about it? If she came to us and told us about the family crisis, we'd right, probably... All right, hold on just one sec. Sorry. Um, you know how the tech works. I just have to swap the card. <laughs> Sorry. Just give me a sec. No problem. No worries. Yeah, so would you 
give the person the advice to hold off on doing porn until their life had settled down and they were in a better place to make a decision? Well, the thing is, we, we don't generally get into people's personal life. Um, when people come to us, if they want to work with us, we're open to it. We don't really ask anything about them. We don't know who they are. So if they come to us and, you know, they shoot with us and they start telling us all that kind of stuff, we would probably say, like, you know, is this the right thing that you want to do? But uh, at the same time, they, they're going to make up their own minds anyways. Yeah, I mean, if they're already doing it. So mm -hmm. we don't want to try and be the people like you shouldn't do this. And we were actually kind of right to do that because she is the kind of person where if we did actually say that to her, she would have turned us into like an enemy. And, uh, you know, we're, we're realizing all this now because she, she was kind of a person where um, it was everyone else's fault, but hers. So she was always blaming her parents and blaming all her situations for where she's at. But we kind of learned this more after the fact. And did but you, it was did, that, so did you work with her? We did work with we worked with her a bunch of times. Um, we we but did she's things very disturbed, right? Yes, we did. Well, we did things like where she, you know she was just kind of in the background. Uh, that way, she could just be in the videos, and we could share she the videos was just with an her. Because yeah. uh, at the time, she she wasn't tested, so she didn't actually do anything in the videos with us. She was just in the backgrounds as like mm -hmm. an extra. That way, we could at least give her some content, just trying to help her. Uh, no, but, but this is a disturbed, a dangerous woman who is undergoing a particular life crisis, and well, we kept finding this out throughout over time. the process. Yes, no, I get that. I get that. <laughs> but you, certainly, you could find that stuff out ahead of time. We, and we secondly, could. Like I'm just, I'm just pointing out that this is a disturbed and broken 18-year-old girl. And you guys are helping her in porn, and you're kind of making some money off her too, right? Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's why we want to help her make some money. We no, no, figured no, that's that's not my point. My point is that would you work, would you work with her again? No, <laughs> no. Now why no, not? No. Uh, because on on the day that everything kind of went down, that's when we really kind of saw how kind of disturbed that she was and she was having a lot of issues mm -hmm. and, and she was bringing that energy into the shoots and i assume into the other shoots that she had and, yes yeah. to, to sum everything up what happened on the day where she was late for the shoot by two hours and then when we called her she was saying that she was afraid to leave her car alone because her parents might come steal the car and you know eventually we spoke to her and then she decided to come over uh, what we didn't know at the the same time, our, our male talent, he was texting back and forth with her as well and talking to her. And so when she came over, she was kind of just a little off. You know, she had a lot going on. And, uh, you know, so the male talent was, was talking to her. And he was a guy that had worked with her a lot and was trying to help her in the business. And um, I overheard a few things, what they were talking about in the studio while I was setting things up. And it wasn't anything bad. He was just trying to just, you know, kind of motivate her. Like, you know, look, you know, this is just something. This is all going to be for you today. You know, these are all your videos. Okay, so this you, is, know, this, okay. you, are, you are profiting from a disturbed and dysfunctional girl. Yeah. No, that, that is true. But a lot of these girls in this business, they're, they're, they all have a past. And okay, so you profit. Because I, I assume that you mostly work, I mean, maybe couples the same age. But with the single girls, you'd work with younger girls, right? It, they're all age ranges, to be honest. With the younger girls, they would, I would say, almost exclusively have a very troubled history, right? 
Possibly. We don't we don't personally get into it. A lot of the people we work we don't really work with anyone new. This was the but only you guys girl that... have troubled histories. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. And this girl has a troubled history. And certainly, I mean, I, I read, oh gosh, what was her name? Um, Linda, uh, the, the, the Deep Throat Girl. Uh, there was a movie made in the 70s called Deep Throat. Never saw it. I and heard of it. There was a woman named, I can't remember her last name, but she wrote uh, an, an autobiography. And um, I, I can't remember I found it, but I read it. And I mean, that would, if I remember rightly, she was forced to have sex with a dog, or like it was just horrendous, horrendous stuff. I've heard that, yeah. I've, I've heard that her story before. Uh, and um, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm look. I'm not putting everything in the same category, of course, right? But there is there there are disturbed people with with terrible histories, and this doesn't help them because it kind of locks them into that, right? Because well, that's why because because you guys are older, you're wiser, you're camouflaged, you're you've got contracts, you're not not doing drugs, right? So let's just again throw the ethics. That's a separate category, but some of these younger people, I assume mostly girls, right? They mm-hmm. do have very bad histories. They may have addictions. They uh, may be on the run from uh, brutal boyfriends or or parents or or whatever. And it's not a great place to be making life decisions like pornography from. No, you're you're completely right. Uh, I mean, we we're all we just do our own thing anyway. So if no, no, girls no, you don't because you, you know you join up with other people. Yes, but we don't like we don't force anyone to do anything. I we're never said no, no, no. Our, come on, come on, yeah, and don't don't dodge me here. I never said you forced anyone. We're doing our own content. If people want to come by and join, we don't say no. No, but we, do you think you have a responsibility as older people to? try and help people not make decisions that they may not be in the best state of mind to make. In all honesty, in this business, we don't, we don't actually, you know, we won't bring that up. We don't talk to anyone about that kind of stuff. If they come up and tell us all this horrible stuff about themselves, you know, we will probably say like, are you sure you want to do this? And we probably might not shoot with them, but we haven't come across that. That was the only situation. You have with this girl, right? With, well, yeah, that was her. the first she time, was, yes. Okay, and, so when you say you haven't come across that, you kind of have. Just in this instance, right? And, and the yeah. other thing, if you avoid well, getting this kind of information, like, I'm just, listen, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm here to try and help you guys, if if possible, right? I mean, to, to make sure you don't do things that in the long run you might really regret. Because having a bad conscience is, I've known some people who have a bad conscience, it is just about the worst thing in the world. It makes people crazy, and it makes their lives wretched. So... Uh, the ethics of what you're doing is put all of that aside. But with regards to if you do end up getting the feeling that you may be making money off disturbed girls who aren't making good decisions, I think that that may well accumulate to your conscience. That, that's my only, that's, uh, I mean, as far as there's a lot to say, but that's the major thing that I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, you know, we feel you know, bad about that now, whatever kind of happened, because uh, we weren't aware. Uh, it's actually our fault that we didn't kind of look into that more. And, and or a really, lot sooner with, with this Yeah, or, or at least pick up on it, because right. she did have a lot of issues, and she was always yeah. talking about it, but she was... Because our thing is, she, oh, we just we just want to help this girl and yeah, try, she, try and help her, but you can't help someone that can't really help themselves, can you? She came off as just kind of one of these people that 
made you feel kind of bad for her and want to help her, you know, so we would help her, we'd give her some money here and there just to kind of help her, you know, get by. And no, but you we were filming to... pornography with her. And so we the charitable the, the, side of things might be a little bit hard for some people to follow. The, we actually didn't film with her until that day. She was in videos. She didn't do anything in the video. She was just an extra. It was that day. That was our first time actually filming with us. Right. You know, so we were all prepared that day. And to how, sorry, no, I get all of that. So how, how long do you guys think that you're going to pursue this? Uh, the goal is Another, to just a couple another... of years, to be honest. Uh, the way we want to kind of do it, we're trying to build something uh, to the point where we can then slowly leave it and it will be residual income. So that money will still keep on coming in. And we want to use the... The money, once we've paid off the debts, all that money, we want to kind of put it into rental real estate and try and match the, basically the substitute the income. Because we know when we're not in this business, over time, you're not going to make really any money anymore. But then when we want to start making money through residual income in rental real estate. That way, when we have kids, we can be stay at home. Have the freedom to be stay home parents. Yes. Give them like organic food. And, you know, we actually want to do like peaceful parenting uh, and that's great, and I, I really, really appreciate that. But just from the outside, you know, I guess my next thought is, is do you think that it does any harm to your bond to have all these sexual relations? And again, I know they're professional and not, not emotional as far as that goes, but to others, I'm just wondering if, if you feel that there may be a possibility that it could weaken your bond with each other to have... Based, based on our experiences, no, if... If anything, it brought us a lot closer, and we actually talk about it all the time. Like, so how how did you go? How did it make you feel? It's it's all. Yeah, we we talk about wise, everything yeah. that we've experienced. You know, mm -hmm. listen to you know your shows. I mean, put it this way: I, I listen to your show every single day, and then when my wife does, she'll listen to it too, and we'll, we'll sit down together and we'll we'll discuss, we'll, we'll discuss each show each show and how it affects us. And that was the reason we wanted to reach out because we heard about the Sugar Daddy show, and we just kind of you know, what to give our side of the kind of industry when we understand how girls, they just want money and things and they, they don't seem the consequences of sugar daddies or getting into porn or anything like that. And, and what, I, I just, what would you say to, I'm sorry to interrupt. What would you say to, to the girls about some of the downsides or the risk or the long-term life consequences? If let's say they're not as old as you guys uh, and, and maybe aren't working as hard to conceal their identities and so on. What would you say to a girl who's obviously pretty and, and, and attractive in, in a way that can make money about the downsides of this choice? I mean, <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot. If you don't, if they don't understand how to handle their money, and they don't under, they don't have a set plan of what they want to do. We, you know, we have a plan of what we want and how to get out. A lot of these girls, they don't have a plan on how to get out. And either they're going to try and stay in the business for a long time, uh, you know, or, you know, something bad is going to happen. That's why we at least tell them, you know, when you work with us, we'll give you copies of everything so you can kind of sell it. That way they have something to fall back on. But all these girls, they don't. They just try and chase the money. Uh, they get the thrill of they'll make like big bucks, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there was one girl in the industry that was extremely smart. Uh, she got huge. Uh, Mia Khalifa. Uh, she did a couple of videos, got massive because she's she did like kind of Muslim stuff, 
and she got massive. And then she used that money to pay off all her stuff. Uh, she continued school, and you know she's doing like tons of stuff outside the industry, and she's making a great life for herself. And I think you know all our girls they want the same thing to happen, but obviously that's not the case. You know, we just look at it as a business mindset. All these other girls don't. But what what about the identity issue, right? So, I mean, I assume not everyone has cosplay masks on and being North American Ripper otters. Boy, there's a throwback to an earlier show. <laughs> but um, uh, for, for the identity issue, in terms of identifiability, I, I don't know where the culture is these days, but when I was younger, you know, porn was like kind of excluded you from regular old society kind of stuff. And And I don't know where the culture is these days regarding that. But if a girl does porn and she's identifiable, what are the consequences to her in, in the long run? Well, for her, it would probably be like her, her family finding out or yeah. uh, they'll disown them or anything like that. But And, there, and from, from our experience and from the stories that we hear, does actually, does actually happen. Oh, yeah, my, my mom and father would disown me because they found out that I do yeah. porn. And then there's girls where the dad does the taxes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's True very story. it's very interesting. Um I feel I feel like we're on the same planet in a way. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I mean, like, but not, you know, this nothing human is alien to me. It's a real it's a stretching. It's stretching out for me, which is Anyway, those, go on. Those, so the father does the porn girls taxes. Yeah, there, I mean, there's there's things that like because uh, you know he wouldn't want his daughter to get into trouble or anything. <laughs> well, egg, I mean, it, that's I'll, a good way to look at to it. Be actually, honest, um, there, there's a, a thing happening right now where uh, a lot of these girls are getting in trouble with the IRS because they don't pay taxes. You know. Well, isn't um, there a thought patrol as well? Like there are guys out there who object to this, uh, who are uh, reporting girls to the taxes. Yes. Yeah, we've we've come across. I mean, nothing has happened to us because we we do everything legally. We have our own business and everything's set up. Uh, But yeah, there there is. uh, We see we don't get into any dramas, but there is girls like on on Twitter saying this guy's trying to out us and go after you know females in the sex industry and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And uh, we see all this. And I I personally I don't know how you know girls feel when they just they don't have a mask on. They're just they're like that 24-7. Most of them, they probably like the fame, you know? Because uh, believe it well, or not... there must a be a subculture wherein... Maybe it's not even that sub. A culture wherein these girls are rock stars, right? Yeah, like, for example, we're going to AVN over in Las Vegas, and that's like the big industry awards. And anyone that's really in the industry that has a name, they generally go there. And, you know, there's fans that come over and they want autographs and... You meet a lot of people in the industry, and it's like you get treated like rock stars. Yeah, and it will be our first event ever, too. So, yeah, it's, 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 like, so it's sort of like when I go and give a speech and meet people, except not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah you know, it's just uh, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's a completely different life. And it's not really a life that we've completely went into 110%, because we, we do this part-time, and... Uh, you know, we do it like once a week when we shoot together, that kind of thing. But this will be, will be our first time going to these events because people have been telling us. They're always asking us. Oh, yeah. When are you events. going? Have you gone to this? Have you gone to You that? know, so we're like, you know what? Um, our friend's getting married there. But wait, wait. Now, you won't be going to that event in, in, in dress up, would you? Yes. Oh, you would be going in dress up. So you would yes. be unrecognizable in that situation. Yes. Okay. Right. Got it. Well, I guess that would make sense. Otherwise, people would say, why are you here? Oh, we exactly. did. Right. Okay. <laughs> 
Got it. Yeah. Wow. And but yeah, our, our friends getting married there. That was the main reason that we're your going. friends getting married at the porn show. <laughs> he, he's actually a male talent in the industry, and he's getting married to a, a female talent who runs her own business in the industry. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, I, and my invitation must have got lost in the mail. I'll I'll check <laughs> one more time. Wow. Okay. Well, that's you know that's a big, interesting scan of a, a world I know little about. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap it up? I mean, we are the point for really making the call was, you know, the industry is not all that bad. There is, you know, terrible things that happened. There was a girl that, you know, she committed suicide last year because she didn't want to work with guys who did both gay porn and straight porn because there's higher risk for like AIDS. She highly got attacked for that. Yeah. And then media. it was, it was kind of like, you know, everyone attacked her for it and she ended up uh, killing herself. And it, oh, it was, I think I read about that. Yeah, it was really, really because sad. Because she was considered to be homophobic because she didn't want the, to increase her possibility of HIV transmission. Is that right? Yep, correct. that's correct. And then and these she, people just went savage after her on social media. And, oh, I did read about that. Oh, I was wretched. I, I don't know if you did a podcast about it. You might have mentioned it. I might have uh, mentioned it, but I do, I do remember that story now for sure. But, yeah, I mean, things like that, that happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is things like where... People try and fake their test, and oh, for yeah. people that don't look into the, the actual test, like you know, uh, Latina Crush here, she can look into um, you know other people's tests and actually find out when they got tested, all that kind of stuff. Whereas you know, other people will just print them out and be like, "Oh, this is mine," and they can fake it and all this kind of stuff. You know, you can do anything on the computer nowadays. It's a little more significant than Lance Armstrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but there is uh, whenever something like that happens. Everyone bangs together and you come out and you blacklist someone. If someone does something bad, if someone, you know, forces themselves on a girl or rapes a girl, they blacklist them and everyone attacks them. Unfortunately, the Me Too movement in the industry has a thing too, whereas someone can get falsely accused of something. And like the incident we were talking about with the young 18-year-old girl, um, our male talent was talking to her and I overheard him, you know, just kind of, he was trying to motivate her. But from a girl that's probably got a lot of emotion going on, she probably felt that as forceful. And we can't really talk really about him because we don't actually know about any other things that has happened. We can only talk about, you know, what we saw and what we heard. But after after that shoot, you know, uh, a few girls that were had really big names in the industry came out and attacked him. Uh, one of the girls. But, but she, wait, so w was he verbally abusing? Was he putting his hands where she didn't want them to go? Was he? I mean, what was what was the Me Too aspect of that? No, it, it was. He would just. It was. From what I heard, he was just saying like, you know, uh, we're here today. We're going to be shooting with you. You know, you should. You know, be excited. This is all about you. You know, finally, you're not going to be in the background. You'll be the main person and then we'll try and get a lot of content all that content's for you you know you can do this i know you have a lot of problems but you know sometimes if, if you want to do this business you can't bring your problems into the workplace or you won't how is, get that, how is that a me too thing though well that's the thing when you tell a girl that has a lot of problems she can kind of figure oh, that oh okay so maybe some of the like maybe a false accusation scenario or it could be exactly like that. okay okay but yeah. the, the issue was there was another girl who, well, who was really big in the business that he had been trying to help. 
as in uh, he was trying to help her get more work with all her producers and uh, things didn't go right with them and she blamed him for a lot of stuff and tried to blacklist him and then all the girls that didn't like him well they all came out the woodwork and then some guys that just had a beef with him decided to come out and everyone attacked him and because we had worked with him as a male, he was our male talent for quite a while you know they, they wanted to try and get us to be involved in that but we didn't because we've never experienced anything bad about the guy you know so we just stayed out of it but we did watch and see, you know, every, everyone that he considered friends stab him in the back. Girls that were saying, like, he was amazing to work with. And then the so next day nice saying, day, yeah. like, horrible stuff about him. Right. And he was just trying to defend himself the whole time. So these accusations can float around as well. So let me just, I'm going to give you my, my sort of final thoughts. I really, really appreciate sure. it. It's, it's a, a world that is unknown to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I'm, I'm relentlessly curious about the human experience as a whole. So uh, I just want to be clear. So for me, there's no violation of the non-aggression principle in what you guys are doing. It's so it's all voluntary. It's all contractual. Uh, nobody's using any force. Nobody's uh, blackmailing. So uh, I, I may disagree with, with the content of what's going on, but that's part of a free society, which is, you know, I believe the prostitution should be legal uh, and, and uh, sex workers should be uh, legal and um, so as far as as the ethics go there's no violation of the non-aggression principle here that have been said I think that there can be consequences emotionally I think there can be consequences in terms of your ability to bond but I I have a resolute uh, a standard here and and you heard me say this a number of times in this show and I've said it a number of times before which is this is my thoughts, tell me if I'm wrong. This is my thought, this is my opinion, this is my approach, this is my perspective, my argument, but I never ever want people to substitute my thoughts for their own lived experience because you guys know what you're living and I'm simply bunging in from the outside to talk about it. So I believe that there can be some negative consequences for bonding. I would be very, very careful about exploiting troubled girls for money. Uh, I think that can accumulate in the conscience and I'm not accusing you of anything, I'm just saying that would be something that I would look out for. But yeah, no violation of the non-aggression principle. I think that there can be bonding issues and I would definitely be careful about exploitation. But other than that, I, I really do appreciate uh, you guys lifting the veil, I suppose to speak, lifting uh, the lid on a world that people, I mean, I know people consume corn all over the place, but they don't really know much about what goes on behind the scenes or on the other side. So that is something that I think is quite illuminating for people. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry, uh, Lorena, you were just about to say something when I would continue talking. Uh, I was going to say, you know, it's, uh, you know, just, just, just thank you for having us for sure. And thank you for listening to us. And it's one of those things that, you know, in the end, porn can be so much fun in the process as well. You know, you, you learn something new uh, every day. And it's as far, you know, you, you learn a new way to, to, to sell and market, you meet new people, you, you just, it's just, it can be super entertaining or like what we like to call it porn entertainment, porn entertainment. <laughs> All right. That's well, again, about. thanks. I appreciate the call and, uh, uh I guess, uh, ha ha have fun in Vegas. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank and you. if so anything much. ever pops up in the industry and you want our take on it, feel free to reach out. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>